Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of One Nation Radio. I'm your host, James Boyd. Today, I'm doing the recording, I'm doing the production, I'm doing all that stuff. I think the only thing Rich gave this week was the uh, was show list. So, with that said, what's going on, Rich? When is it time for you to put in your half, Rich? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I got like this whole moving thing going on over like the next month or so. Um, and I don't know, my system had been acting up and it actually is sounding a little better, uh, over here now. So hopefully I, you know, will be hosting the show soon again. Um, you know, I'll be able to at least, uh, but yeah, a lot happened this week in wrestling and I am ready to get to it. So real quick before we transition to the fake fighting, like, so you say you move it. So you move to the apartments with Paul and them folk. Who? Paul you know, Paul <sighs> <laughs> yeah, like, you can say that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, anyway. So <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, just total goofy episode. So, uh all right, so week two of AW Dynamite. Yes, um, sir. Where do you want to start, man? Do you want to start with 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 Chris Jericho, or do you want to start with Private Party, or do you want to start with like what was like the indie version of um of like an Avengers movie at the end with all the all of the <laughs> intricate stories put together in this clash of people fighting? What do you want to do? Where Shit. do you want to start? Uh, I guess we just start with an overall uh, tone for okay. week two and everything. Now, um, week one, I was like. That's a solid as fuck show, right. right? And then this week, I was like, "Yes, this is a great fucking show." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I can come out here and stick my chest out about this week, like how uh, how much I enjoyed it and uh, everything else. I, I felt like they did like a lot of 
solid things. Um, you know, uh, as far as like getting a bunch of chess pieces moving, uh, as well as just doing another well-received show that just achieved a little bit higher, I think, um, than last week. And hopefully they can keep it going because it's my favorite thing in wrestling right now. And, um, I think you had like three big, like major things on this show. Like you had that private party and young bucks match, which is one of the best TV matches of the year. Um, you have Chris Jericho just completely melting the competition and, uh, making himself look like a fucking superstar all in one. Oh, you also had, had Darby Allen, like his emergence, like continuing from fighter fest all the way to here. Uh, and that manifested at the very end, uh, after the main event, or as you mentioned, uh, all these dudes running up with all these stories and you can see them all in real time. All the programs kind of just being paired off. Um, I thought it was very impressive. The show is so well booked. This company has been well booked for the most part. Um, you know, for for everything that has to do with uh, Darby Allen, you know, and his, you know, trajectory. I was in our Facebook group, like thinking about or our group chat, thinking about like you know how the job they've done with Darby Allen as compared to someone like Shorty Gable, you know. <laughs> so I was just like, man, uh, and, and I'm really ready for you know Darby Allen versus Chris Jericho. Darby Allen is 22 years old. What? And, and he's going to be, like, you know, on the, on the grandest stage against Chris Jericho, who's, like, at another career peak. You know, it's almost like Bill Simmons with Chris Jericho, like, when he was writing about all these peaks that Michael Jordan had, these different kinds of, of, of eras. I feel like Jericho's peaking again in his career. Yeah. So, what'd you think of the show, James? Um, I feel like, I think I gave the show the first episode of, of Dynamite an A. Um, just a flat A. This would probably be an A plus, right? Um, I it improved upon some of the things I had problems with. Like we had baby faces actually not get their ass kicked in left and right all show long, right? So we also, um, I mean, I've really at this point, my only real concern is like when are the cameraman and the camera director going to get their shit together on these dives? Like when are they going to stop missing every three dives? Mm-hmm. outside of that like this show and the thing when it comes to booking is booking doesn't have to be perfect and give me exactly what i want what it has to do is be able to for me anyway i'm just talking for me has to be able to show me a direction and a path um in a in a in things playing off of what happened previously to where i feel like my time's invested and also when there are things that may not make sense or things that um you can have you can question they explain it and tie it off in a nice bow. So when you get to the wins and losses talk and all that stuff, and then Neville shows up and and says, uh, "How come I don't have a match? I beat you know I beat two big bang or two big bangers. What the fuck? Um, two, <laughs> two heavy hitters, two buff, two buff necks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, two buff necks. <laughs> wow. All right, so uh." Two heavy hitters is another euphemism for it. Uh, and, and Neville um, beating, not Neville, but Pack in, in a beating, um, you know, uh, Hangman, the Hangman, and also Kenny. Um, and, and he shows up and says, like, 
why am I not in a position to be to have a title shot? What's going on? Like I have as good a record as anyone else. I haven't. Lo- I've only lost one time in all of wrestling in the last two years. Like so that at least explains it away. Where it's like he's getting he's he's a heel is kind of getting screwed by the commission or the powers that be or whatever. Um, you know, the matchmakers, if you want to say, or the EVPs, if you will. So. That's all being, you know, neatly taken care of to an ex- to an extent. So for me, like I love this show. Like I think Jericho like blacked out. Um, I think there are people that are saying that's the best promo of his career. I mean, that covers I, a lot of ground. I, really so cover- I can't. I, I can't just like off the top of my head like think like everything that Chris Jericho's done. Right. I mean, and, as far- and easily say like yo. That was definitively it, but right. it was a career highlight. I'll say that. Okay, well, I mean, the only thing that really comes to mind, and keep in mind, like, you watch more Gerald than I did, but, I mean, uh, I think fr- the, festival, the Festival of Friendship thing is the only thing that I think that immediately comes to mind, right? So that would be up there. But, I, I, like, I heard a lot of talk about the love for this promo, and the only, only promo I think, I, um, in North America anyway, that I think is on par is, like, Romans come back from cancer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really know any other pr- promos from this year that I can think of. I mean, I'm, there, I'm sure there are a few I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting, but just that comes to mind, that's the only one I can think of. That's the only one I would even think of that's better. Uh, so, yeah, he killed it. And it was... It's so funny that AEW, we talk about how much... Um, there's so much WCW vibes off of it, but, like, Jericho in the ring, cutting that promo with with Hagger and um, <laughs> Ortiz and, or, and yeah, yeah, Ortiz shoot, and shoot Santana all. and shooting at yeah. the screen yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Guevara like it it felt like an added it felt like a Monday Night Raw promo like that was like the corporation and that's and he was like Vince if Vince could have you know worked at a high level back then like it, it felt like it felt like I was flipping channels between Nitro and Raw watching that promo. It was awesome. Um, so yeah, like I, I mean, we can go through it, but like I had, I had, um, I really enjoyed that show between, especially the first hour or first forty minutes of the show. It was incredible. So the show opened up, uh, Private Party and the Young Bucks. Uh, they run the videos, and I think some of these videos are from the Road Twos, if I'm not mistaken. But um, they give you like the idea, like the Young Bucks had scoured the country looking for talent, you know, for this promotion, and came across this team, Private Party, who they wrestled, you know, at their last show in the Indies, and signed them essentially. And now these guys are here in the tournament against these dudes. And what happens is, you know, this is a mirror match essentially. Like <laughs> I saw their match at Hog, and I saw this one, and I would give this one the edge just slightly over that one. And I was like, this is. Uh, Rich Ladder Pro Wrestling Nirvana. Um, <laughs> and I, um, you know, I had been very strong on the Young Bucks uh, winning the tag team tournament just because, like, you know, I think they have to be careful about not beating these dudes, like, and treating them like they're not special. And, you know, I, um, I was shocked that that this happened and it was funny because um you know everyone's waiting for it as we've seen in pro wrestling for the history of pro wrestling you know people that are on top pushing themselves and what this is showing me is that the elite are really unselfish in a lot of aspects and conscious i don't know if it's 
unselfishness or them being so conscious of what has has like done people in in the past that they're trying really hard to overcorrect. Um, time will tell if this was a mistake or not, but. I mean, Private Party got made in the super uh, stars in a night. I can say that. <laughs> yeah, this is some real one, two, three kid shit. Yeah. Um, so for me, thinking about it, well, especially after, by the end of the show, I'm thinking like this is a triple, maybe not a home run as far as putting over uh, Private Party, but it's a triple. It's like you get a team that people like already um, and already have are already clearly talented. You got them, you know, something. They get to have another match where they get to wrestle their heart off and eventually lose to Lucha Bros next week, right? Or two weeks from now. Um, then you also have the thing of like, look, this is it's all elite, but that's just a name. We, we're we not selfish bookers. We're not going to, you know, turn this into a... Some masturbatory thing to where we pat ourselves on the back for all our hard work on the Indies for the years. Like, we're actually trying to make new people. And, like, if you come here, this is almost like the, this is almost <laughs> like the, 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 the Chug Knight Source War shit. Like, if you don't want Triple A, if you don't want, you know, Uncle Paul all, in, you know, taking all the credit for all your hard work, come to, come to, you know, AEW, like, this part of it is like, we can make you stars here. Um, or we will try our damnedest in smart ways. So, yeah. and then you also have by the end of the night, you're like, okay, so what the hell are the Yumbas going to do? Oh, Santino and Ortiz, and also like they jump them at double or nothing, correct? Yeah, or, uh, or like, all, all, all in, yeah. all out, all yeah. So it's like you also have a story with that. So it's like they they immediately start fighting with that and all of that. So like that's their direction, and immediately in the same night they lose out the tournament and they immediately have a direction. So it's like that accomplished three major things. So like Bravo hats off to him like that's part of like the how smart all of that was at the end of the night. Um, yeah. So I mean I loved it. I mean it was a great match. A day. I mean I still have my things, my issues with the Young Bucks match, where it's like you know there's a good deal of people you know setting setting up to do like spots and choreography as opposed to you know trying to pretend that some of it's wrestling or most of it's all of it's wrestling so like that's gonna pull me out from time to time in this match but their match is spectacular so what can you say like best match I've seen on TV this year um Riddle Riddle and Cole the gauntlet with Kofi um the first Andrade and Ray those would be the top four I think so yeah, I mean that's that's high praise. Like those are all spectacular matches. Yeah, um, and it, for Private Party going forward, you mentioned it. Like I'm not, you know, I don't think they need to win the tournament or anything. Um, they are clearly like <laughs> they're they're the future, like and the now, uh, you know, for that matter. And no matter when they're gonna come on now, like they're always gonna have that credibility of a we beat the Young Bucks in the tag team tournament, and that also like you know, allows for future matches to happen where, you know, they're older and then the bus are like, yo, we really can't hang with these dudes now. Like by the time the young bucks start coming Anytime down off the mountain. Yeah, coming down off the mountain or you know, there's there's a ton of different ways they can go with it. But um yeah, it, it, it was great to see the crowd really embrace private party all throughout the match and just seeing how they just electrified the building. I was like, This is this is it. This is what we were waiting for. Um they do. They do have merch. Yeah, I'm gonna yep. just look at it. Um, yeah. I think I saw I saw the inner circle shirt um, after you know Jericho came out there and I thought he's gonna you know do the Naito where he just wrestles 
you know, this is this is almost like a royal yeah. T-shirt. Like this ain't a big match over it. And then you know, uh, whoever it was, I think it was either I think it was Hangman ripped the shirt off. I was like, you you fucked it up. You ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna rustle in the shirt. It'll be funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think second match. So you know, Jericho's promo. I mean, promo Jesus flame broiled. Uh, um, he, he cuts off the we the people shit like immediately, like at its core like i don't think we the people will ever be chanted in AEW again just because like these fans like know what this means and it's like uh the the mentality behind this is what i've kind of learned like if you allow these chants to continue and you don't address them you look second rate so jericho supposedly knows that and he came in prepared ready Essentially, he had his he had his ammunition, and nothing is going to fire up an AEW audience more than shitting on how bad the WWE is. Like that that you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no way around that. Like he was trying, what he did was good for 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 uh, for Hager, and also you know if you don't want that shit going on, you don't want to hear WWE chance. Then yeah, that's how you you know work on rebranding. It's like if someone that came out at like you know the summer two thousand thirteen and said, "Hey man, fuck all you and you all you clowns out here doing the husky hair stuff," which was which was me, but still, like if you said knock it off and it was somebody <laughs> that respected it, people would have been like, "Yeah, they'll probably go with it." Um, so then from there, I mean, he went down the list. He said that you know Santana and Ortiz are killers, basically like. <laughs> No, he, he says, and I like it. And yeah. uh, he, you know, he basically got. He said that Guevara is a is a Spanish god and a, a teenage heartthrob. Like Jericho, ridiculous. Like <laughs> uh, he said that you know he called he called Cody a silver spoon uh, twerp and and you know he said I didn't like your dad and then like he insulted his dad but like his dad dad but like in a way that you like you know it's not fake but at the same time it will still get heat. So I think it, I thought it was a jerk. You know it was yep. so like if you were thinking like all right. How can I say something bad about Dusty fucking Rhodes without, like, having people, like, hate my guts for the, until the end of my days? You're like, I think it's a jerk. Like, okay. All right. Like, you know how Jericho does, like, the stupid idiot thing? is like, yes. you can't take stupid idiot, like, to heart. Like, yeah, bro. Like, you know. Like, imagine. Well, it's a little different. But, like, imagine, you, you know, you're going to insult back and forth with, with, a, with another adult or whatever else. He, he called him a stupid idiot. Even. You almost be pulled on, and be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> it's the yeah. same thing with jerk. It's like, okay, that's not that's not gonna hurt no one's feelings, but it was funny. Um, so, I, I I thought it was great, and you know, the inner circle was born. Oh yeah, and then he went into Darby Allen. Or no, did he get the Darby? No, Darby Allen nah. was the promo after after he got his buddy skateboarding in on his ass. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I mean, any other thoughts on the Jericho, or you want to yeah, move on? Yeah, we we can move on. Uh, so after that, they had the match. I believe it was, um, or they they did some like crowd interviews, uh, and they showed Orange Cassidy, who the people lost their mind for. Yeah, I, whatever, bro. This dude, this dude is so over. Yes, I don't... he's over. I just didn't like the video package they did thing right before with with them like walking and then hugging each other, and it was like, okay, like that's why would you show us your gimmick in cinematic form when we know that's your gimmick already? You know, I was like, yeah, alright. Yeah, it's 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 a Okay. I'm I'm not really like huge on the best friends myself. I but, like Beretta, um, Chuck. Like, like, yeah, I like, cool, but it's like 
I guess that's the thing with them. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> um, just, just as long as Chucky's the one eating the pans, I'm cool. Um, so then, from there, yeah, I think we did we get to the Darby Allen match after this. I think it was the Darby Allen match. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, we're out of order. Hold on. It was the Darby Allen match. Then that best friend shit. Then Spears and Moxley. But we'll start with the Darby Allen match. Okay. I thought. No it was wait, cool. Do we just skip the women's match? No, the women's match I believe was at the top of the nine o'clock hour. Oh. Okay, so that means it went after. That means it was the third match. Okay. Either uh, way. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, so, so, Darby Allen and uh, Jimmy Havoc, it was cool. Uh, they didn't have to do a death match, that, which is nice. So, they can save the, the Cracker Barrel Clash for the pay per views and everything else. I thought it was just an okay match. Uh, but it. it Puts uh, you know Darby Allen in that position, gets the number one contender as you mentioned. Uh, Pat was on commentary, uh, you know, talking about this bullshit. Why am I not getting the shot? And obviously, the reason out of kayfabe is obviously the world champion's a heel. You can't wrestle him yet. Sorry for the technical difficulties, Rich. You were saying that you had a um, a theory on what's going on with Neville. Yeah, so with Pat, he's um, out on commentary as I was mentioning, um, and he's saying you know obviously. You know, he's undefeated. Why isn't he getting a shot? And I think people have, like, warped themselves into uh, this thing with the wins and losses. Uh, obviously, the, the non-kayfabe reason is the world champion's a heel. You can't fight a heel. Like, for, is that or and that's also a big match that you might want to do at a pay-per-view. So, obviously, they're not going to do it on TV right now. And I think, you know, the win-loss records is kind of what I have, you know, thought. You know, it's not this rigid thing that's going to be like adhered to like, oh, you know, the numbers say, you know, this person is whatever, because like I kind of looked at it like it's a college football thing or it's a UFC thing. Like you can have your record be what it is, but, you know, the matchmakers are still going to make the matches essentially. So that's that's yeah. kind of like the, the the thing that I got from it. And I and I think that pacifies people. You know, and if it doesn't, fuck them. I, I, because no, I, I, I don't mean, think I don't think you can get a better explanation than that. No, but it makes <laughs> sense. It's common sense. It's like. Yeah, like, obviously, once we get down the road, like, two, three, four, five years with this, hopefully, you know, like, people are going to have records that aren't going to be, you know, are going to have, so there are going to be certain people with records that, like, aren't going to, you know, and it's going to be about, like, all right, well, this person, like, one X, beat person X, Y, Z, like, in the last, like, month or two, this person you know, deserves a shot as opposed to, well, shit, like Cody's won 80% of his matches or whoever else. Like, it was, let's say it's a new coming person is into the fold. It's like, yeah, that's how you get people involved. Like, you have them go on, come in and they beat people of certain, of a certain level. And then that's how it means that they should be set up to potentially go after whatever the pursuit they want. So, so yeah, that, that's, that's, um, that makes perfect sense to me. Like, that's how sports work. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, yeah. Um. So that I mean, we get the, the. I think we get the tag match with uh, the women's tag match between uh, Amy Sakura and uh, B. Prissy versus Britt Baker and Riho. Match is fine. It was um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I. Yeah. It, it, James, did you know Britt Baker was a dentist? <laughs> Why are people so upset about it now? Is it just because is that obvious? I, I think it's just because, like, that's the thing everyone was told, like, in May, and they've t just told us nothing they've else. done nothing since. Like, yeah. okay, so here's a, here's a, um, a legitimate criticism for the women's division. Um, All they do is have matches. Yeah. 
and, and it seems like they, they they get one match or they're doing five matches and then they get one. Yeah, and, and, I mean, and that's fine because they get the matches get time. It's not they're going like three minutes yeah, like yeah. some other promotions around the world, but um, they use their women as an ancillary division. But yeah, like they um, the thing that's so weird about it is like right now it feels like there's only four women that are like full time wrestlers. It's are on the roster, like, or we haven't seen like the rest of, you know, you had the women's battle royal, and they had you know Nicole Savoy and Mercedes Martinez, and you know, who, you know, and a few other people, right? And, like Jazz. I mean, I'm not saying expect Jazz to be a full time wrestler, but like, where are the rest of the, where's like the division of like twelve women? Like, I mean, obviously we know that like Asia Kong is doing some type of, you know, players coach type thing. Brandy's in kind of just like to take a spot at this or keep a seat warm or whatever else or just to, you know, tease the crowd that they're going to treat her like like she's basically like the it's almost like we're going to treat her like she's Stephanie McMahon and then book her the way the Stephanie McMahon should be booked. Right. so you have that. You have those two. Uh, so Allie's around as well. Penelope yeah. Ford is around, but they're right. not like they were on AEW Dark, so right. they weren't on the show. So we haven't seen. Do- but my my point is with that is like, yes, they were on Dark um, this week. I watched that match, but where are they as far as on the main roster? And it's the thing is, they're just not good enough wrestlers to be in that spot. Okay, fine. I mean, you're never gonna, you know, you're never gonna have me upset because you're not putting someone in a spot that they're not ready for. Like that's kind of the, you know, um, so so that's cool, that's fine if that's the case. But like, I would, you would think that like as many women as there are around the world, like you can you can import. I mean, hell, your your champions in theory is a quote unquote import. Like we haven't seen a Carl Sheeta since what? Since she lost to at all out, right? All out, yeah, yeah. It was like when is. When is she coming in? Like, I mean, they're. I mean, they have a roster. She just, has a show. Like- she she has a show like tomorrow, I believe. I oh, thought yeah. I saw her post, so maybe she'll be in after that because I know she's supposed to be moving to the U.S. soon. Okay, well, the reason why I, I'm kind of wondering is because, like, you know, we we also follow Stardom and we kind of know those dates and and whatnot. And it's like, I mean, like B Priestley, she's not going to be around in November or um, like after like the week after November after a uh, full year or whatever, like she's not going to be here. So it's like, who's going to fill in this void. And like, when are you going to see more faces? And then like, when are you going to kind of get the, the roster positioning of what, where these women are supposed to just feels like, you know, they're all kind of on the same, uh, still on the same, like, uh, same pedestal. I don't want to say pedestal, but, uh, I'm just going to use that word. Cause same I can't level. Yeah. Right now. Same level. Yes. That will be the word I was looking for. Thank you. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, uh, move on from there. Mosley. Yeah. Um, this is a solid match. Um, you know, I, I like Sean Spears entrance and I mean, he is who he is, man. He's, he's here to, to, to get beat. And <laughs> I think he's, he's fine in that role. Like, you know, him, he was so strong. Uh, you know, with the character work and the promos with, with Tully Blanchard, like it's amazing. They haven't really let them speak either. Um, mm-hmm. they, they haven't let Moxley speak thus far. They did put That's a coming. promo on, yeah, they, they, they put a promo on, you know, Twitter about three or four hours before, uh, the show that just burned Twitter up. Like when it happened, like people were saying, imagine you having this guy on your roster for eight years and not, you know, using them and <laughs> shit like you know, that, like mustard and, and, and transients. Yeah. 
You yes, know, so. I, I was like, notice the lack of mustard, like when I when I when I um <laughs> sent sent it out, you know. But um, yeah, it was it, it it was it was good to see Moxley get a solid TV win, and of course, you know that keeps his momentum uh, going. Next week, you know they they got a tag match built up, and at the end of the match, um, Kenny Omega came out with a barbed wire baseball bat and a barbed wire broom because haha, he's the cleaner. And, you know, at this time, uh, you know, it's like they're going to be challenged to a duel, you know. Um, But before said duel can go down, here comes Pac running full speed. And he goes upside Kenny's head with the steel chair, leaves him laying at Moxley's feet. And Moxley, being the honorable honorable gentleman he is, turns down uh, a a dead-to-rights Kenny to where he could have just beat his fucking skull and it wouldn't have been no match at uh, full gear. (laughs) So a, a man of honor that that Pat, that John Moxley is. Yes, he's a badass, but he's not a bad guy. Um, shades of Grey. So <laughs> I, you know, um, I think that I think that we honestly need to. Um, I think we need to at this point at this point in time. I think we kind of need to give some praise to Pack because Pack was like. What is this goofy shit with him and a fucking barbed wire broom? And he hands the guy that he wants to do this duel with uh, a, a barbed wire baseball bat. This dude's a fucking clown. Let me go ahead and smash his brains in. Let me get this goofy shit off the screen for us. So, I appreciate you for doing that, Pac. Now, uh, Kenny, please go back and get your revenge or whatever else. But let's not do this goofy shit. Like, this dude is fully... Like, I, I'm sorry. At this point... It, it was a joke from what I saw on uh, or I heard about on BTE when people were taking pictures of uh, the Young Bucks booking notepads. And at one point it said, Kenny Jobber, question mark, question mark, question mark. If he was in WWE and he was out here doing some sh- shit like this and he got his ass whooped like that, we would be like, wow, they've already pulled the plug on Kenny Omega in WWE. Uh, well, especially after all these L's he's been taking, is looking real bad. I'm I'm sure they're not done with him, obviously. But and I think he has a strong he hand company, in this. He look bad. Sorry, <laughs> he has a, he has a hand in being booked like this. Yes, uh, one would think. Yes. So, um, yeah, because it was like you know, and he was one of the people I was concerned with. Like, all right, you know, my my mentality going into double or nothing was like. You know, Kenny can lose all he wants. Like, essentially, like, you know, Jericho should win. Jericho, you know, do whatever you got to do to start establishing the company. But they are walking a fine line. <laughs> so I trust them to figure it out. They figure most things out. But, um, you know, you, they might want to uh, start making Kenny look strong. Uh, it, it would it would be nice. Uh, I mean, they do we'll have a tag match with... next week. Oh, also, you know, this coming Tuesday, we'll see that match that people are raving about between oh, him yeah. and Janela. So, if that's his great match and he wins it in the, um, like I would assume he did, then you know that's um, then that's that kind of keeps him you know um, afloat above water, right? From at least he's not drowning. But you know some of those TV performances that like I think that he needs some of those because people don't like people know who Kenny Omega is because the name is if you follow, watch wrestling like that's a thing. But like not everybody has seen him. This is one of those people that's like you heard about. Like so when he's you know, you had the, you had the SEMA match, you had the the pack match, but you, you, people are going to need to see more, especially now they're on TV to like to kind of get a, a real um, idea of what this guy can really do. Um, and I don't mean necessarily go out there and try to have a five star match on TV, but 
like him winning great matches, like that can hold him afloat as if even if he loses to some of the other named guys right now for the time being, because I think I think he probably should lose at a uh, full year too. Um, I think I mean, the next where they're going with I it. think the next show after that he needs to not lose for a while, but like you know, um, but I think you know Moxie needs a big win, to, you know, to um, as his first big match in or first pay per view match or whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, and I think with with, with Kenny. I think they're committing to something, whatever it is right now. So <laughs> him getting a, that win over Mosley would probably be a step in the wrong direction for what they're trying to do. But um, if anybody can get over and defeat, it's Kenny Omega. So I trust him. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um, like his first his first breakthrough match, like he lost and was like, oh yeah, this is the greatest match I've ever seen. Oh yeah, he lost. Um, so then from there we had the main event. Um, Jericho and who was also in the match with Jericho? Sammy, the Spanish god That's right. Rivera. That's right. <laughs> Jericho and the guy he wants to fuck versus Page Man and and, Co- and Dustin Rhodes. So yeah, yeah, man. Uh, just a hilarious. Was, yeah, just, match just was fine, hilarious. but like it just turned, it evolved into complete chaos. It it was all of the. At least it was a clean finish, and at least they uh, when they did the cheating, like. They were the able to do it. it. The ref was distracted this time, as opposed to just like, oh, you gonna do it right in front of the ref's face. We don't even give a fuck. So um, they're having a good match, and then all of a sudden, like, uh, I've, uh, I think it was, I think it was hacker uh, interference led to Jericho uh, ends up getting the uh, another win via the, <laughs> the the most fear move in wrestling, the move of the year in professional wrestling. The uh, I, I'm so I'm I'm shocked, James, that they don't have to censor this move. The uh, Judas you know, effect for, for his graphic nature on TNT. Speaking so, of graphic, Adrian Peterson had 118 yards tonight or today. Holy shit, he's still in the league. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. He has to still be in the league. Kind of. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but yeah, as you mentioned, like the match was the match. Like it was a you know like three three and a half, three and a quarter star match, whatever. It, that was TV. there. Yeah, perfectly fine to main event to set up one of the hottest angles of the year. Like when you got MJF coming out there, you got Cody apparently is able to teleport now. Um, yeah. So <laughs> he, he has absorbed some special power. To, oh, well, maybe to be able it's to the teleport. thing is like, well, he is the, he is the the EVP or one of the many EVPs, so he has control to the power switch. He's like, turn turn them shits off, turn them back on in thirty seconds. Uh, <laughs> uh, one thing one thing that uh, that AEW also needs to work on is like, I feel like their lights out time is longer than like let's say WWE's, whereas like lights are out and it's like. Okay, motherfucker, this is taking longer than 10 seconds. It feels take, like this take, is like take, take, 20 take. seconds. Like, get to it. Let's go. So, um, aside from that, like... I'm just glad it wasn't the Dark Order. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'd ra- much rather have... Uh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, they're, they wrestle next or this coming Wednesday, don't they? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, they have a bye. Never mind. That's not till yeah. two weeks from now. Two weeks away. Great. <laughs> ain't slowing uh, up nothing ain't slowing no more minimum oh my god that's not a word i know 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Bro, when this motherfucker Darby Allen came out there on that skateboard looking like the Nightman, like he the was night like, man. A, a man of the night, like not no. necessarily the Nightman from the office, but the, okay. the, the fucking this man looked like a fucking demon coming to get Chris Jericho out of the underworld on a skateboard, diving at him. And bro, I was like, this that was a goosebump moment for me. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. the thing for me was just uh, like all the shenanigans that was going on. Like you, you had you had you had Paige at some point because so much stuff happened in this thing that like, it's hard to recap all of it in the same order because I can't remember the order that all happened. In. But like there was a point where like Hagger in. Hey, and Paige, man. they brawl to the back like so, like like two fucking giants in a fucking battle royal. <laughs> like, like, they brawl to the count back. Out. Yes, they brawl to the back. Uh, Young Bucks come out. MJF, MJF is like they're like, oh, you want to join the inner circle? It's like, nah, I'll save that for like a few weeks from now or, or whatever. <laughs> save that for you know a few weeks or months from now, but it's coming. Um, so that happened, and it's just like. Then, then you think all the chaos is happening. It's like Jericho just got out of here with the belt and, and just out the back door while all the shenanigans is going on. And sure enough, coming down, you know, coming down. <laughs> this man did a Ali like him. Just, just came, just so jump fucking off. great. I, I never thought that I would see a wrestling program like we t- did all the talk about how Darby Allen should now that Raw has a half pipe set. Like yes. he should be on Raw right now, but he comes down the ramp and he ollies off the thing and and, and launches himself. Yes, <laughs> Jericho took him down, yes. took him out, I and, and, then he, and then he throws the lamest punches into that man's chest from the mount. Yes, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. like there's no look. I imagine that if Marco Stunt was on in the mount on somebody in a match after you know some a Fez press or whatever you want to call it a skateboard Fez press that he would have threw more convincing punches than Darby Allen, <laughs> but he threw them in whatever like Jericho sold them and then they went and I got what happened right after that I think he got in the ring with got Tony in the ring. yeah and then they went dark and Jericho's like you son of a bitch and you know because Jericho is just like <laughs> the best and they went dark and I'm like this is a great show like there was this. They did so many things well. They made you want to say, like, for me personally, my film was like, I can't wait to see what they do next week. Which is right. like, that is the point of episodic television is to make you say, like, they paid off what I saw last week, and this was also, I want to see what they do next week. Um, now, do I think they're going to do all this, like, hot shoddy type shit? No, because they don't have to. They, this was the show. Like, they don't have to do some type of, you know, um, universe... Uh, not universe, uh, universally connected stuff like that. They didn't for like another hell months. Then I do this this sort of thing again. Like you have the inner or the inner circle versus the elite. That's pretty much that's roughly the story. Yeah. And then right now Kenny's kind of you know taken away over to the side with what's going on with Moxley and Pack. But more or less, it's the elite in the elite adjacent versus Jericho's inner circle, and it's like awesome. Yeah, um, can't can't speak highly enough of the show. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, what, what do we have next on? So there? we have spent like forty minutes, close to forty minutes, talking about <laughs> AEW's TV show. So, Man. um, I'm that, that so, usually doesn't happen. 
No, I mean, no, well, no, sometimes we used to do TV shows, and, like, normally when they go this long on a TV show, it's because we're bearing whatever dumb sh- Bad creative. Bad <laughs> stupid ideas. Right? We know we are creative. here bearing stupid ideas from bad creatives. So, that's done. So, yes, yes. <laughs> so, no, so, no. Happy One Nation Radio. Who knew such I mean, a thing existed? Though That that does exist. And, and normally it's whenever, whatever. That It does exist. Normally it's like, oh, yeah, like, some great show like a pay per view, like we rarely ever gush about a TV show like this. Like this was this was the best TV show of television I've seen, or WWE or not WWE wrestling TV show that I've seen since like what? Uh, the only other thing I think of is like the the opening round of the uh, Dusty Rose Classic this week this year. That's it. We're like they ha- they had like four all straight tag like matches, tag team yeah, matches are all yeah. like damn near four stars. Like yeah. that's it. That's it. Those are the two best matches of TV I've seen, uh, 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 or two best TV shows of wrestling I've seen this year. That's it. Yeah. So. Um, all, all elite, man. Yeah. So, speaking of NXT, NXT, uh, after, you know, TakeOver 26 and a half, <laughs> uh, they come back and they give you a main event with Kushida and Walter. They have uh, Roddy's first defense of the uh, North American title. Um, let's see. They have... Leo Rush challenging oh, Leo Rush and, and winning. Friend. Yes, yes. And that was starting the show. Did you see that match? Good match. Uh, it's more the same of... Um, of It's more like a, a, a thing of... I'd probably say three and a half. Probably mm-hmm. three and a half star match. Um, he's just spectacular. Uh, it was mostly based around like Gulag just trying to bully him because he's bigger. And then he eventually overcomes. Uh, he works over his legs some. And then he eventually overcomes and ends up hitting... Um, Frogs, two uh, two frog frog splashes for the win. Uh, like I said, three and a half star match. Um, Sh- I'm interested shout to see out what to Leo Rush. Sh- shout out to Leo Rush for walking back in and getting that belt put on you and, and, and upsetting uh, <laughs> somebody somewhere. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just um now he's the perfect dude for if they're gonna be on national TV and you're gonna have a cruiserweight belt still. He's the perfect person to have that belt. Like, he's one of the best, because remember, we were talking about this uh, after somebody was on Twitter, like, losing it, or losing it, talking about how Jericho isn't better now, is that, like, there are nobody, there's nobody that can talk anymore, and it's like, I didn't reel off a list of people, oh, yeah. like, it was like, Cole Some Gargano, new- Champa, Velveteen, uh, New Day, The Usos, uh, you can look around the rest of the world, right? Like, one of those people that's absolutely, you can absolutely talk his ass off, Leo Rush. So... That's another one of those people that cannot talk, apparently. But, you know, um, you'll see in time. You'll yep. see in time. So, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think they brought out after that a... There's a match where just Rhea just destroys uh, Aaliyah. Just... Man, Aaliyah made it on USA. This is her second match on USA. Man. Yeah, she lost... Remember that match, that botch fest? Not botch fest, but like that big botch... Oh, that was uh, network. Z- 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 had... Yeah, oh, that, that was, was network. network. Okay, yeah. okay, that don't. Okay, okay, okay. That was a second hour show. Yeah, so um, she was out there. She, they came out there, and it was one of those squash matches that were like, you know how there's always like we're gonna give you somebody a spot, and like they're gonna you know it's go a down twenty or whatever else. Nah, she like raked her back. She no sold the back rake. Rhea like grabbed her, put her in like an inverted like Texas Cloverleaf, and then Cesaro spun her. And then, like, after that, hit a sit-out splash from it and then, like, locked it on harder and made her tap out. It was like, Rhea, 
<laughs> like, like I, I remember thinking to myself, if they're going to do, if they ever do a female version of the Shield, Rhea's my Roman Reigns. <laughs> she absolutely <laughs> is. So, uh, just, just, just a badass. You want no smoke, with Rhea Ripley. Uh, so, I'm trying to think what else is on that show. Um, yeah, the Roger Strong and um, yes, uh, yes, Shane Strickland. I'm just calling him Swerve. It's Shane Strickland. I think his name is Isaiah, oh, Scott. Isaiah Scott. Yeah, yeah Isaiah Scott. He's Swerve. That's, He's that's, just yeah, Swerve. It's gonna take me a minute, dude. Now, last time we saw Swerve, the only time we've seen Swerve on NXT TV is the breakout tournament. I think the breakout tournament he put over Cameron Grimes in the first round. Yeah. Um. Uh. So. And this Cameron Grimes thing, like you seem to be all over this. He's just a he's just a heel that dresses ridiculous for heat, and then like they bring him out, and it's like nobody reacts to him in the way that someone that you know in the breakout tournament that ended up in the finals should be like reacted to. Like they're kind of like oh, okay, and then like more or less he beats people um, for the most part. He's been beating people like with his double foot stomp, like super quick. I- and I actually um that that NXT Largo show I went to a couple weeks ago it was Cameron Grimes versus Swerve mm-hmm. and they had a really good match way better than the main event match um, that I told you about okay yeah so they you know um they're going back and forth and it's just like you remember like you forget that like oh yeah Roddy's like even though he's this technician backbreaker thing like or backbreaker person. The, the, one of the best things he does is like he's relentless and like he's a great striker even though he wears those boots and he's not like you know you know using his shin he's a great striker so he's in there with swerve and swerve you know swerve can he has different modes like he's that he has all of that like unique <laughs> almost like uh <laughs> almost like makeshift martial arts striking that he does <laughs> right like he, he is like he is bruce leroy <laughs> like Dragonfly Jones uh, of, of striking and, and wrestling. And he also does like the, you know, all the technical stuff. Like we saw the saber match he had uh, at in New York. Right. Yeah. So he just, him and Roddy decide, no, we're just going to strike each other. And it was awesome. All it is, just this sound, this clap sounding off that you see just people's heads snapping back and forth hits to the guts. Uh, like it, it was just awesome. And then basically they're going back and forth it looks like he could possibly put Roddy away. Then the undisputed come out. He's distracted by uh, the distraction by them coming out. And then Roddy puts him away after that. And it's like, it looks like Isaiah Scott, somebody, but he can't deal with, you know, the numbers game and Roddy won. But like, I feel like now if we were going to do a power ranking for all of the um, breakout tournament guys, which, you know, the, the breakout tournament guys, aside from, like, three people, are, like, they're all just, like, the new jobbers. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Isaiah Scott would be, you know, number two? Number three? Like, it's... Right now, it's, like... They're only really using forwards. Grimes, um, ACH, uh, Jordan Miles, sorry, but I forgot his name for a split second. Uh, Garza, and now Swerve. Next week, we're going to get Tommaso Ciampa versus uh, Garza, but, like... He Garza is clearly the most over of the four. Like Swerve after this match, like his stock is up. So I can't see. Mm-hmm. What, I can't wait to see what they do with him next. Like I can't. I want to see him mix it up with some of the other guys. Like 
Isaiah, like Isaiah Scott versus Gargano would be just crazy, crazy. So, um, I mean, I can't remember what else happened in the show. Oh, we had a match between um, Dakota Kai and and uh, Bianca, Bianca Belair. It was a match. It was fine. It wasn't good. It was just fine. It wasn't bad. It was just fine. Like a regular, like two and a half star match. Um, so Bianca. Is Sorry, Dakota. Game. Yeah. Yeah, so it was like, well, right back to where you started. Like, we'll establish you by bringing you back in with a quick win. And then when it's time for you to wrestle somebody that we care about, you're losing again. She's so, super, so you know, picked up right where she left off. So, sorry, sorry, Caleb. You just got to deal with that. So, move on. Main event. Met Bianca Belair last week. Lovely young lady. Oh, yeah? Okay, so normally... <laughs> You probably never heard this, seen this thing online where like people meet like famous black people, and they'd be like, "What do they smell like? Like what does what does Barack Obama smell like? What does what does like Venus? What does Serena Williams smell like? What does what? Issa Rae smell like?" So I'm not gonna ask you that, but um, just know that like I could ask you that, but I'm gonna move on. So anyway, uh, <laughs> in a word. <laughs> No, 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 don't answer. Don't answer the question. Don't answer the question. Don't answer it. So, uh, we're going to move on. Uh, so, the main event, Walter versus Kushida. Walter does it again. Another great match. Like, I was thinking after this match because, like, this is obviously Kushida's best match on uh, since he's gotten to uh, WWE. Um, but, I probably give it like four and a half. Not four, uh, four, and, four and a quarter. I'm sorry. Four and a half, four and a quarter. It's, it's more simple Walter stuff. It's just like, he might be the best wrestler in the world because, like, who else has matches this good while doing, like, the most basic shit? <laughs> like, he chops. He punches occasionally. Uh, he'll throw you around. That's He's just mean potatoes. Like, in all his matches are great. Um, and I think there might be something where like he just gets so much out of being bigger than the guys he normally wrestles that mm-hmm. like they have to fight have the fight over their lives to stand to withstand him or hold up to him and he eventually puts him away. That might be the thing, like just easy big man, little man storytelling. Like this is the most simplistic wrestler ever, and this is awesome. So um Yeah, I'm like so I was thinking like all of WWE this year, besides Gargano and Cole, is there anybody with a better three top three matches? Like, cause I'm, you know, you think of, uh, the two UK title matches had on different takeovers. This match is four and a quarter. Is there anybody else that has better matches or better top three match aside from Gargano and Cole? Gargano and Cole. Who else? Um, yeah, I think you got to start looking at Walter. You got to start looking at Riddle. Oh yeah. Good point. Uh, Riddle's got three. Three no, strong matches, actually. No, he does. He absolutely does. But like, uh, I don't. I don't think he has that one. No, he doesn't have like a. I don't think he has a like a five star match anywhere. No, but he, he's got yeah. like four and a half. So. He has a bunch of four and a, he has a bunch of four and a halves. And the thing with with um the thing with Walter is he has a three. He has a four and a qu- four and three quarters and a five star. Or mm-hmm. you know, if you do the Meltzer thing, you go for five. He gave that shit five and a half, but I'm only stopping at five. So, um. So yeah, like he he's doing very well on really low uh, batting average, and someone made a point that like, you know, he's only in town because he had dates there. Like he's not in Orlando, he's not being taught how to work. He Wonderful. just he wrestles around he wrestles around the rest of the world. Hey, he which comes month in, is Walter? Huh? 
What are you going to teach Walter? Are you going to have Walter in there with the headgear on? Are you going to have Norman Smiley standing outside the ring? Like, do it like this. Are you going to have William Regal yelling at him to get, make sure he rolls into a fighting stance properly? No. No. I thought you were going to be like, is, are they going to put... Are they, they going to put him into that soft ring that people do yeah. dives off of on yeah. top rope so they can learn how to work on their flying... I mean, look, Walter. Walter. I only see Walter fly once, and that's when he beat Dumb and, and Splash. That's it. Successful. <laughs> one. One of one. You know. Well, so yeah, one like, shot, one kill. Right. So, I was thinking to myself, like, dude, this this wasn't as good as the AEW show. This was a great show, and like, you look at the month. This is now finished out a a full month of NXT. And, like, NXT is back on track as far as, like, being of the quality that it was, like, let's say after uh, 25. Like, mm-hmm. 25 felt like the energy left that, like, Cole, like, Gargano won the belt. Or, sorry, uh, Cole won the belt. But, like, Cole and Gargano aren't doing matches. Ricochet's gone. Alistair's gone. Ciampa's injured. Then they did the breakout tournament. So, it was, like, it just felt like there was no energy. Now, like, they're back to doing kick-ass matches all, all the time now, like it was, like, you know, when we this thing got up and running over the last, uh, let's say, two years. Um, so, like... Is it going anywhere right now? Like, where, where like what, what's being laid out for NXT, like, that, that's going to bring people back? Because, like, just seeing a random Walter, like, every week, like, is this, like, a, built to be, like, this, this weekly episodic show? Or is it just, like, an all-star game every week? Um... Okay, so there are a few there are a few things that are holding it together as far as story. Like you're waiting to see like who's gonna be there so as far as like what's the storyline coming through. Alright, so after Bianca beat uh beat D- Dakota, she pointed out that like Rhea is gunning for um for Shayna and she said, Look, um you just got here. We're, we're gonna have to like we're gonna have to see who's the next challenger between uh, we between, bump. Yeah, so eventually it looks like they're going to wrestle each other eventually for a, in a contenders match or whatever else. And then, um, you know, especially because you also have EO around, like that might be a three way type of thing. We, I don't know, but like, you know, for at least that they put on TV that like they're in the direction where they're going to do at least Rhea versus Bianca, you know, to get to Shayna. Um, so that's that's one that's one right there. Um, you, ha- you, pretty much you have. Back. Yeah, you have the you have uh, next week, I think, or in two weeks, one of the two. Um, Velveteen is getting a rematch for his NX, for his uh, North American title against uh, against Roddy, and then after he won, after Roddy won his match against Swerve, he showed up, and then they they had Roddy taking a picture with like the you know like the Shawn Michaels naked play, I think it's a Playgirl picture with like the yeah. belt around uh, his face. I, I came across that on Twitter. I was not. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, basically, and then he t- inclined he, to watch. He thought he has Roddy has the butt around his waist while he's butt ass naked on a sofa, and then he's and then real or uh, Dream snaps his fingers, and then like it's just a picture of Roddy, a photoshopped of Roddy in that same picture, except the 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 belt is gone, and it makes it seem like it's blurred out, but it makes it seem like Roddy has a small dick. So Roddy's furious because a heel is just acting just so upset and dumb, just like you know. Th- the uh, undisputed do so they're setting up that for another match so they're gonna go get at it again um you also we're also going into uh next week part four of 
Lee Dijakovic. Um, so this is like the rubber match because they're 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Uh, The first match was a draw. The second match, Dijakovic won. The third hey. match... The- I, I hope that they um take the energy on national television and keep that and, and keep that up because if they do what they did in Largo, <laughs> my fucking god! I, I tried to I tried to not want to talk about this on the show. I got so pissed. Uh, expecting they like sandbag, don't you? sandbag mailed it in fifty two <laughs> cent stamp, just completely not trying, barely being athletic, chin locks like, <laughs> bro. I was like, I might as well be watching Corbin. Like it, oh, it, it, it was, it was that bad. So hopefully, with the national TV, when the red light comes on, yeah. uh, those two will go ahead and yeah. do something. Yeah. So, so yeah, that look forward to the best of four, uh, or the, the sorry, the, tr- the the fourth one. Um, and then you also have Champa. Uh, he comes out for a promo like right after. Um, Undisputed gets pissed off at Velveteen, and he comes to the ring with with his crutch, and he says, uh, and he gets a chair to kind of say, "I have two weapons. There's four of you, but I have two weapons." So the heels get out the ring. He sits in the chair, and he says, "He says, I just wanted to tell Goldie that Daddy's home. Crowd chance, Daddy's home." Uh, So Queen Kathy uh, is backstage acting like she's about to interview. Champa, while backstage, Garza is hitting on her. So she's like, "So you want to interview him? You don't want to talk? You don't want to talk to me? <laughs> Look at me! What's wrong with you?" So uh, Champa comes to the back, and then uh, Garza says something to him in Spanish, and then he just knocks. He just knocks his ass. Like hits him with a forearm shot, he bounces off the wall and to the floor and just melts down to the floor. And then uh Queen Kathy uh asks, What did he say? <laughs> and then uh Ciampa does like Kevin Owens Triple H comedic timing. I don't know, and then walks off. So uh they're having a match next week too. So like that's their TV. They've been they've been doing like they're doing week to week stuff right now and like clearly like in the next week or two, they'll be building towards whatever takeover-ish thing they're going to do next. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's kind of that's kind of how they're doing. Like, they're kind of doing doing week-to-week TV to build, and then eventually, like, they're going to get, like, a f- couple weeks out, and that's when they'll actually, like, put the programs in place. So, but the, t- the rest has been good, and everything's made sense. So, like, you know, um, it was a really good show. So, I, I'm, I'm really happy with Wednesday. So, now that we're two weeks in, can we officially say that like the Wednesday Night Wars is kicking the Monday Night Wars ass yes. on a night to night basis or show to show basis? Yeah, I would think so because you know you you know you ain't got to worry about the um the the oddities coming out there. You don't have to worry about the um <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have the to worry about the headbangers. My God, you don't have to worry about uh, Val Venus and Choppy Choppy the PP <laughs> and um the Godfather and um. Um, and several other, you know, ridiculous offensive shit like LWO and Lawnmowers yeah, and shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, was that good. after or was Lawnmowers after? That was later. That yeah. was that was later on. But yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Um. Now, as far as like you know, there, there ain't no rock, it ain't, ain't no Austin out right. here. But right. you know, it really doesn't need to be like. <laughs> I mean, like if the thing, if the idea is we need gigantic stars or we need to build gigantic stars to be able to draw in um, draw in people to want to see the rest of our shows 
I don't think they're I don't think that's gonna happen, and that's unfortunate. But if you like professional wrestling and you like storylines that make sense or are entertaining and are cohesive and build off of previous week's work. This is where it's at. This is like there have never been, to my knowledge, someone has got to tell me, and I'm not as Brian and Vinny, right? There has never been four episodes of, of between Ron's, between uh, these two uh, NXTs and these two AWs put together that are that tie together and make sense and are that much good wrestling as like any you know two weeks of Nitro and and Raw put together. Never, never. So. You know, if they, if this is where they're going at, and then like you know, people gonna be like, there is no Rock, there is no Austin, there is no Goldberg, there is no Sting, Hogan. That's fine. That's fair. It's absolutely fair. The show's better. Period. Yeah. Um. So I guess it's a good time to go into the ratings. I know I have it in a different order. Um. Yeah. So SmackDown. I get or where do we want to start? I guess we can start with AEW NXT. Sure. So AEW NXT. I want to say AEW was one point one. Down from their 1.4 uh, from the premiere SmackDown, I believe was 795, if I'm not mistaken, which was they were down like 55,000 or something from uh, whatever their number was the week before. Yeah, um, I'm not that doesn't shock me because wrestling numbers tend to like erode uh, week by week <laughs> if you look at it. Um, and also, you know, AW was being a premiere week, that's kind of to be expected. Um, I, I still think, you know, I don't know. Like, it's it's weird because um, they're, they're showing, like, like, Joe Lanza did a good job, like, kind of figuring this out, like, what as far as, like, who's actually watching NXT. And it's, like, mm-hmm. it's the same demographics that are watching Raw and SmackDown, but just in right. la- uh, smaller numbers. Right. It's not actually, like, uh, uh, they like you would think it's a youth oriented show, but not it's really. Not, yeah. So that's surprising. Um, but hey, two O A W. I think the thing that we we never take to take into account when it came to an NXT thing was that um, who are the people that have the network? The people that watch Raw and SmackDown. What do the people that watch Raw and SmackDown look like? They're people in their fifties. So. Like if it's behind the paywall. Are you gonna pay to watch some wrestling? Are you gonna pay to watch the the developmental or third brand of a ver- of some shit you're not even watching to begin with? So you know it's gonna. T- yeah. I think I think it's still gonna take time for. Uh, you know it's gonna take time for for them to find you know young uh, young viewers or whatever else if that's in fact what they're going for or you know obviously target de- or key demo or whatever you assume is what they're going for but. Um, with AEW run, I just don't think I think that's where their people are, right? Yeah, I think um, that's locked up. Like at this yeah. point, like they're like doubling and even tripling them in some cases. Right, but I mean, ultimately, it can always change. Yeah, like, things change over time, and I think the main thing is like people talk about like the way the ratings dropped off. It's like, well, no shit. So for me, it's like we need to find out like what they're. We need to find them whatever their baseline is, whenever they reach in, whether that's in, you know, two more weeks, three more weeks, four more weeks, five more, five, six, whatever. But, I think NXT is like, getting there. But so is AEW. Like, all yeah. SmackDown 2 is like, they're not going to be doing 3.8 million viewers. Like, they're yeah, going to be doing no. below, th- they're going to be doing like, you know. It's going to be like two Raws. Eh, I think it'll be, do- I think it'll do better than Raw. 
I think it'll do better than Raw. Because, I mean... It's, I mean, there were weeks where SmackDown was beating Raw. Remember that? Remember we talked about it, like, over the last... What, the last three or since 2016? There's been, like, four or five times where SmackDown's beating Raw. So, it's like... SmackDown on Raw is, or, or SmackDown on Fox is going to do is going to consistently do better than Raw, but like I get what you're saying by that. Yeah, um, but I think it'll be I think it'll be, I don't know but, like this bump that, that I think everyone would, thought was coming with the network TV. I don't think it's going to be there. What like bump even do you think, what, what, what bump do you think? Like oh, there's going to be a boom period? Nah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, like that's yeah. that's not coming here. Yeah, like <laughs> right, right, right. But that's like those are the crazies. Like me, and you never thought. Me and you, we never thought that shit. And like most people we talked to, like we didn't think there's going to be a boom period. Like, yeah, like, they're going to be doing wrestling. five million viewers. Like no, the fuck, they're not. Like Just, network TV is not like it's wrestling. They like, thought they were going to do like five million uh, subscribers in the network. They only did one point five. Right. It, it is actually, and it's been stuck at one point five for years. Not going to grow. So right. like that was the lesson there, right? Um, but as far as the viewers, like we'll figure that we'll figure it out. Like it's going to settle somewhere. But like the main thing is like, are the numbers going to be sustainable to where like AEW is going to be around for years to for weeks, months, and years to come? So will SmackDown um, sell in a spot to where it won't get canceled or move the FS1? Will NXT be successful enough to where like it doesn't get taken off the US net- network? Right now, I th- I mean. It's early, obviously, but these numbers that we saw, even though with the drops, like I'm not concerned about any of these three shows. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just not right now. Like, look, maybe next week if you know after SmackDown was not good, if it drops, you know, another fucking million, then we'll have concerns. Well, no, <laughs> if it drops a million, it's like damn, that's below fucking raw. But no, it won't drop that low. But you get my no. point. Like, if it drops to like they're doing two point four next week. That's it. Then we'll be like, okay, now it's time to now it's time to ring the alarm. But it's like, no, like, of course it was gonna drop by me, and it had, it had fucking Rock Hogan thing. All the people that advertised, like, they advertised you know what a saying? bunch of people, and then this week was a draft show, so even there, that's you know kind yeah. of a bump in itself. So, so well, I, I, is it? You would think it, like it's why? a special episode. Why? You know what's gonna happen? You're gonna come out and say names. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and get, look, yeah. they literally gave us the list, Rich. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I, I just, you know, the rating talk is like hilarious, uh, and a lot of, you know, the way people digest these numbers. I, you don't, I, you, you don't watch, you don't follow it week to week. You don't, yeah. uh, you don't follow week to week unless there's like there's some gigantic number that makes it like. Wow, they did a they did an all time low. Wow, they did an all time high. Outside of that, like you look for the trend, and like ultimately, like your only concern of my only concern with ratings is I don't want none of this shit. Like the stuff that I care about, I don't want it being you know kicked canceled. off the air. Like I don't want that baby canceled. <laughs> I don't want Raw SmackDown canceled and put on FS One, right? Like I don't want NXT like back on the network necessarily. Like I don't want AEW to have the fold close up shop. Like so as far as I only yeah. care about the rating as far as, like, is it in the road? Like, it, do you keep the car in the road? Okay, thank you, Junior. Thank you for not crashing the car yet. That's all I care about with the ratings for the most part. Yeah, and, like, for AEW, it's especially important because that's literally how their TV deal, that this is going to impact their ability to get their next TV deal. And WWE as well, uh, as far as, like, you know, keeping good ratings. But AEW even more with that ad split that we don't, all, we don't quite know all the numbers on. So... I think if they stay in that range where they're like 900 to like 1.4, as we saw that peak, I think that's awesome. Yeah. 
So, another thing is like, we're two weeks and we're still seeing it, but like, it seems like Fox and TNT are are both heavily invested in make hoping in helping these shows out with promotion. Like, so you know, that's going well. Like once the, once the promotion stops, that's when you're like, wait, what's going on here? And so far, <laughs> the two weeks, they're still doing it. So I'm you know I'm I'm still happy. Yeah. Uh, so uh, where do you move from there? You want to talk about the draft draft? Oh. Gosh, yes, this is ridiculous as draft. Um, okay, so, so you, you watched it, right? Yeah, I watched it now. So, okay, so the draft was set up in a way to where they can have their cake and eat it too. They're going to do a sports like draft, but they're going to split the roster in half and say that only uh, this particular half can be drafted today. Is eligible to be drafted today? This is so bullshit. And <laughs> this particular uh, and this other half will be drafted on Monday as a way to where it's not like. You know, you tune in wrong. You're watching the, you know, the third round. That's, yeah, that's, that's basically how they did. That's they what they're doing. Int- yeah, and I mean that's whatever. It's fine. So, but I will say, after the first two rounds of this draft, you're kind of like, you're like, dude, how do they have like almost every wrestler under the sun, and it feels like they have no depth. <laughs> so because because like the the last time they tried to draft was literally months ago, James, and it's failed within like two weeks they were already like moving people back and forth so how on earth is this going to be sustainable this time right and that's that's what we've been talking that's what people have been saying before but it's like it's more crystallizing this way because before it was like they were shuffling talent like that was a shake-up they were shuffling talent. they were actually like saying like come on down you come on down and put on the smackdown hat or come on put on the raw hat they didn't do that but they, you know a point like before it was like oh what is oh i guess so so and so is in is on this show now like like Finn Balor, he's on SmackDown now. And then it's like, okay. All right, but first pick. or uh, okay, I have, so I have all the show. picks right hold here. On, hold on. Okay, uh, I'm glad you do because I don't remember. I'll remember like the first round. But um, they start the show by telling you that we're going to put the Universal Champion, Seth Rollins, at a match versus the big dog. <laughs> Uh, Roman Reigns, and they're going to have a no ex- and they're going to have a match to determine who gets the first pick in the draft, and that doesn't guarantee that either one of them will be will be like they win the match and they're going to be a pick, picked by their brand that they're fighting for. So it's kind of yeah. like what the fuck? Like what? Yeah, so Lay so down like, on the mat. So- why are you? Fu- why for pride? For pride? For pride? Pride? Push what would they have man. done if it was a double count out? This man, huh? What would they have done if it was a double count out? Restarting the match. <laughs> 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 they should have done that just to piss people off and restarting the match. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, but the, the thing is, the part about the matches they had a they had a good match. They had, they had like a three and a quarter match. Um, the thing is, it was the fuck finishing on the way, and then like it felt like the match was going to go like another five minutes, but. Uh, Match starts out, and they're basically exchanging nifty stuff, and then eventually, uh, they're cro- they're countering each other and dodging each other's moves or whatever else. So then, out of nowhere, these two baby faces, mind you, then it gets in a typical WWE. We have to tell a story. We can't just have two guy, two good guys wrestle each other. We have to have it to where like there's animosity, there's heat. So what do you think happened, Rich? After what was the reaction to these two gentlemen when they came out? Um. I didn't have headphones on, so I couldn't give you an accurate uh, representation. But uh, 
it seemed like Roman was more cheered. Like, yeah, I felt right, like I, I, felt how, like I heard, like, let's turn. go. Wow. So, but anyway, um, after they crash each other up for a little bit, for a few minutes, um, they get in the ring and then they like, what's your problem? Don't push. What's your problem? Don't push me. What's your problem? Don't push me. Don't push me. Don't push me. Punch. And then they start, then they get finally start wrestling as opposed to, you know, cross each other up. And then they, they, uh, well, flat out, like it, it turned into a good match. And then Roman set up for the spear. And then, uh, Seth basically hit that modified pedigree out the spear that he did at uh battleground 2016, uh, where he ended up winning the belt back for, uh, Ambrose cash on him immediately. Or money uh, in the bank. Money in the bank. Is what I meant. Sorry, yeah, money in the bank. So, uh, that was Seth's first uh, pay per view back from me. Uh, so yeah, they they did that spot, and then the lights cut off because, and then Bray Wyatt comes out, or he doesn't come out. He cuts, he cuts. He cuts through the ring like like Diesel. I'm sorry, like Undertaker and Diesel and Bray at that cage match in '96. So, and then he drags him to hell. They poop. They uh they spray this fire extinguisher. Seth jumps out the hole and then they and then uh, Bray sticks his head out of the hole. He's a fucking prairie dog. Then the lights shut off, so because he has to scurry out and then to the stage, and then they show him on the top of the ramp looking back and laughing, and then they cut away. So then, but keep in mind while that's all happening. Roman Reigns is nowhere to be found. Gone. Look, that man saw that man saw that bullshit. He's like, I'm oh, I'm out of here. I will not be associated with this. <laughs> no, it was it's like when niggas are scared, it was like, oh no, 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 I'm gone, bro. I ain't asking no questions. <laughs> I, look, I don't ask no questions, I just run. So Damn. he's gone. So um I think we come back and they tell us that Stephanie tells us like or or Cole's on announce team is like on announcing, he says, Yeah, that was a DQ. So like Rocky's first pick, and then it fall in line. Just and so it turned into just like what it was with the 2016 draft. Was like we're gonna do rounds. Raw gets three picks. SmackDown gets two because three hour show. And then you know, so the first, third, and fifth pick are Raw. Second and fourth pick are SmackDown, and that repeats all every single round. So then with first pick, Becky is so did, stuck. So did, so did Raw blow the draft on purpose? I'm just like looking at this like. Yeah. Like did like did they literally just like tank the draft? Yeah, isn't there isn't there isn't there uh their third pick Bobby Lashley, or is that McIntyre? McIntyre. All right, what 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 pick? Their did they second, have? Yeah, their third pick. So they had the one three and the five. They had the one three five, and their second and I think yeah the the their third pick the third overall pick their second pick was uh the club, so that makes sense. But well, actually it doesn't because like why the fuck didn't you draft Seth Rollins? Oh yeah, he was eligible. He was, he was, sorry, he was eligible. eligible. He was yeah. in the season of money group, but it's like this is so confusing. What, what pool is Cain Velasquez in, James? What, what? What? Also, the New Day. Are they in the other pool too? They're in the other pool. Okay. They're in the other pool. Like, but either way, it's like okay. So Kevin Owens on the board. Kevin Owens goes in like the fourth or fifth round in his draft. The third round. Oh, the third round. Yes, to okay. Raw. He goes in the third round, but that means he's picked in front of, like, people that picked in front of him are like Bobby Lashley and, and McIntyre. And like, huh? On what planet? All right, so whatever. 
like it, and also stink, like Strowman, like they they just don't draft Strowman. Like they draft Randy Orton instead of Strowman. That's right. Um, so so I'll go through it right here. So round one, pick one's Becky Lynch. Yeah. I saw that and immediately just rolled my eyes. But Why? whatever. Why you roll your eyes? She's the biggest star in the company yeah, right now. I, I, I guess. Um, guess? <laughs> she is. I don't know. It's either I, her I, or Roman. Yeah, yeah, I would probably say it's Roman, but um, look, you know that Roman's gonna be on SmackDown. What? Yeah. Like, obviously, let's do this. It's a kayfabe list. So, it's a kayfabe list. You know, the big dog is gonna be on the, the day show. Are Charlotte and Bailey in the other pool? Yes. See, this whole shit's got me fucked up. Um, so you got Becky number one, Roman Reigns to SmackDown number two. Three, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson, the OC, to Raw. Four, they get the Murder Clown, Bray Wyatt. Five, Drew Dude, McIntyre. You know what that means? Oh, yeah. Bray I know exactly what that means. Roman again. Who I know ever, exactly what that means. Whoever wanted to see that shit again after 2015? Boy. Um, number six, Randy Orton. This is ridiculous. Randy Orton should not be going this high. But it's He's Randy a 14 Orton. He's 14-time champion, so whatever. Get the fuck out of here. Man. Look, but you know, um, you know, you know, that's how you know the Raw's the B show. Like Randy Orton, like since 2016, has been like, I don't want the pressure. I don't want or I don't want that pressure, but it's like, I don't want to be on the A show. I'm gonna go see the show that like y'all don't care about, so I can just do whatever the fuck I want. I can do as little as I want while I'm cashing these checks. So moving to Raw. <laughs> also, saying nigga on the streams. Yeah, we heard you, Orton. Um number seven, Sasha Banks to SmackDown. So that Sasha uh, Sasha Banks Becky Lynch thing looks like it's set to conclude tomorrow. Um, Ricochet number eight to Raw, nine Braun Strowman to SmackDown. So you know what that means? We'll have somebody for Roman Reigns to go over before he beats Brock Lesnar for the title <laughs> at uh, WrestleMania 36. Oh, you know what? It also means like you could potentially get some shit that you never want to see: Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. God damn it. Oh he's finally going. He's finally going to get his 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 singles match WrestleMania. That horrible. Please don't do that. I beg of you. Please stay away from it. Don't do it. Don't. Yep. Do not. Num- number ten, Bobby. I just fucked your wife, Lashley. Um. Then round three, uh, Alexa Bliss to Raw. This this is the best one. This is the best. Like, what the hell are they doing? Is Raw doing with their picks? Like USA yeah. Network is a you've made you've made USA Network look like fucking dummies. So yes, yeah, go go through. Uh, they took Alexa Bliss no, number number twelve. Lacey Evans to SmackDown. Who on earth would draft Lacey Evans to that? Hot, never mind. Um, no, like maybe I mean I don't like know Kevin Owens is right there. Chief. Oh, yeah. like good I point. don't. <laughs> very very good point. Um, then number thirteen, Raw runs to the podium and drafts Kevin Owens. Um, <laughs> is the Miz in the other pool? Yes, and you know what that means. Like actually, you know this is gonna be the first time that like I would assume that Miz is gonna still be on Raw because of the the uh, the synergy of him being on. We'll having see. Miz and Mrs. and also being on uh, the the uh, the Raw, so it's like okay, many, many things that are expected to make sense often don't in this right, company. Right. So. I agree, I agree. But if 
SmackDown, if Miz is up on SmackDown, then you already know what's going to happen. With Kevin Owens on one show and Miz on the other one, you already know that the show that Miz is on is going to be the better show because we have gone through four years of this now and every fucking time Miz is on one show, Owens is on the other, Owens is light years beyond Miz as as a performer, as a wrestling act, but for some strange reason, Miz is always on the better show. I don't know how to explain it. Raw is three hours, Miz goes to Raw, Raw's a better show. Raw, he comes back to SmackDown. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. How do, I remember the first shake, the first shakeup after WrestleMania 33, when it, it basically like SmackDown after SmackDown had that great run from the draft all the way to WrestleMania 33, and you're like, all right, so basically they had the same roster except they traded Miz for Kevin Owens. I can't wait for this Kevin Owens and AJ Styles feud. Boy, was I fucking wrong. Yes. <laughs> Let's have Kevin Owens go out there and headbutt. Uh, who? Kevin Owens, I was like, uh, oh my God. That was later Dude, on. Vince was like 72 when he headbutted him. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck is Vince doing? Maybe he ain't recovered since. Oh. Like, this is, this is, this is a CTE no, no, operating. No, 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 no. Gotta remember, General's already shamed before they headbutt. We can't blame that on that. <laughs> Oh, okay. We, we, we can't we can't blame that on that. We can't. But anyway, let's back to lecture hand. So it's like, please, please just put Miz and Owens on the same show. I'm tired of already knowing which show is gonna be the better show. And obviously, like, you know, for me, I'm gonna be watching SmackDown anyway, or Look, if I if I'm gonna watch these shows, it will be SmackDown because it's two hours. Hey, so. if you watch Raw only, you're a cop. Dude, <laughs> who's doing that? Like No know, one like, I know. You know me you know me, we don't do the favorite shit like we have we have people that we like, and that's that's pretty much the gist of it. And we, because all these people are talented, right? All these people are talented and try hard. But if you are only watch, if you're gonna watch this three hour B show raw, <laughs> only because for look, I love Becky. If Becky has a good segment, or or whoever else is on that show has good segments, good matches. I will find out. I will. I will hear about it. And I will watch it later. I will not be unless there's like some special edition of Raw. I will not be watching that shit. It's three hours and it's the B show. I didn't want to watch Raw when it's three hours. It was the A show. Not doing it. Look, yeah. I've been I've, on. You know, me and you have always kind of been like rooting for SmackDown against Raw and wanted to be fair. Raw, I suppose it is two and three shit. Um, but. Now that SmackDown is two hours since the A show was on Fox, they even to pump whatever into it. Like, I'm probably be watching that show until Vince really, you know, fully, you know, fully sports entertainment is up. But like, I'll you would be think that's what that's coming. You would think that's coming now, we'll right? We'll see. We'll see. Especially when you have, you know, Bray Wyatt. Like, he's like, yeah, we want the sports. Yeah. We want the sports presentation. Let's put Bray Wyatt in the in the in the <laughs> fucking uh, serial killer's mask on the show. Yeah, that that's yeah. Yeah. You know, Braun Strowman flipping cars and ambulances <laughs> and tagging with kids and, and shit like that. Like, yes, and Roman Reigns fresh off of a fucking murder mystery. <laughs> Sports like feel. Oh, I'm sorry. You know? uh, 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 sorry. A, 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 a attempted murder mystery. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, <sighs> number yeah, like, fourteen, yeah, the, the, the the revival. Yes. Um, fine. That's number fine pick. Number fifteen, Natalia to Raw. So um, it was like they 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 started like trading women picks back and forth. Oh, I th- we haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah. Right, what's the next round? 
round four. So we've got the Viking Raiders being drafted to Raw. So Raw starts the rounds with the picks again. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we've got the Lucha House Party on SmackDown being and drafted. It, and, and Cole referred to it, like brought it up by saying, I love the Luchas. Everything has to be branded. They're not Luchador. Can't be Luchadors. They're Luchas. Because the we don't own the word Luchador. We haven't patented that one or, or trademarked it. Like we, but Lucha House Party, so we'll call them Luchas. Boy. Uh, number 18, Nikki Cross all by herself. Which makes no <laughs> fucking sense. That's the, that's the one I was waiting on. Raw, I'm sorry. Yeah, Raw with their second pick in this draft, with their Pacific second pick in this draft, they took AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson together as the OC because they're a faction, a team. They're an act. And then later in in this draft, they take Alexa Bliss, but not Nikki Cross. And then with another pick, they decide to take Nikki Cross. I guess use USA Network just buffoons. They're just they're just dumbasses. Well, they don't know how draft drafts work, even though they knew how it worked when they with their second pick. Yeah. Um. So I my initial impression was, oh, okay, they're breaking them up. But I'm like, why can't you draft them together then break them up? Because they're not. When it happening, it was that's around this time or a little bit before, like probably like the thing. This third round is when they realize that oh shit. All the drivers are fucking leaked. Our list is exactly what the list order was, so we have to flip a couple things around and make us not look like complete dumbasses or completely like uh, you know, left hands not or bad bad communication between our our, our gigantic corporation. So that's when they switch. They start flipping up. Like uh, I'm listening to the SmackDown review on um, Fightful, and then Sean Ross Sapp said that like, yeah, like we found out later in the middle of the show that like the list is the same fucking list just like everybody else did as one thing company they yeah. can fuck up a cup of coffee i swear <laughs> something if something can go wrong it often will <laughs> i mean i wasn't i mean i heard that the list leaked but i was like i remember looking like at the first round and i was like wow that's the exact same word first round wow this is a whole list that's crazy but i didn't look at the rest of the list see what happened but yeah. then like once it you was see, like, Alexa Bliss and Nikki, like, both drafted the same show, it was like, wait a second, what's going on? So I looked after that, and I was like, okay, so they moved Kevin Owens up. Kevin Owens was supposed to go, like, in the last round of that show. Wow. And they moved him up to about where he, you know, closer, wave more of a representation of what she, he, she, or he represents to the company. So I was like, it's weird. And that's almost like they did that same thing with Kevin Owens at in the 2016 draft where I think he went 10th overall. And it's like, yeah. he should have went in the top, you know, six or something like that. So, <laughs> so really ni- 19, more sports uh, like, uh, you know, <sighs> stuff with heavy machinery, you know, gyrating and all this other foolishness that, o- that Otis is into. Look, I mean, they're a good tag team. They're over. Where, where do they go to go to Raw SmackDown? SmackDown. Ah, that's right. Yes. And number 20, the Street Profits, who hopefully can start competing now and stop being, you know, the black narrators uh, of of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. So, you know how I always talked about how I wanted AOP to be like the new Shield members for, uh, like, for Roman Reigns' heel stable? So, you're like, new improved, you know, buff neck Shield, all buff necks. (laughs) (laughs) So. 
I'm assuming they're probably going to be because because of the vignettes. I'm assuming they're probably going to stay on Raw. But if we were going to do like some, since we're already doing like the hug shit with Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, if they did a comedy uh, Shield with with him and with Roman and Fat Guys, Heavy Streamer would take the cake. I want to see a segment, a comedy segment with Roman and Otis. I want to see it. See, this I want is this is, is off brand, James. The, the the serious James Boyd. Just, no, 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 no. Just love Don't do that. Otis. I, I, I'm just baffled by this. Don't do that because there's always a spot in WWE for the shenanigans. There's always a spot for the shenanigans down at the bottom of an hour or whatever else, and they're over. Is Elias yeah, in the other pool? Huh? Is Elias in the other pool? Uh, he, I'm, I think he is, but he's injured right now. So like, uh, so yeah, he's, he's injured right now. But the thing for me is like, when you put Yana in the G1, I'm like, I don't want to fucking see him in a grade one. Who wants to see that? Everyone. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you out here sandbagging everybody's fucking ratings and whatever, whatever. And then it's like, oh yeah, we're going to put him in, we're going to put him and Tai Chi in the same block. We're not going to separate the foolishness. We're not going to break it up. It'll be, it'll, you have no chance of having a better block. Screw you, Shingo. Screw you, Ishii. Screw you, Naito. The second half of Naito, Naito like to try the back half of tournaments. But yeah, yeah. just generally, that's how it works. So, anyway. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with the draft other than it looks uh, stupid? It, it, it sounds very dumb. Um, just, just. I, I think we, if we, you know, actually did a draft, it might come off a little bit like, you know, I think we could give them, you know, a better draft. All right, so but, go go through the draft real quick and tell me like the drop off point when you're like, wow, this like this company has after number ten. What was the tenth pick? Bobby Lashley. Ten right there is when you're like, wow, we have no doubt. Yep, you're right. Yep. So, um. And wow. something Kevin Owens should have been higher, but you know, of course, he should have been higher than fucking Lashley. Yeah. Where did, where did McIntyre go? Fifth. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's that was overreach, but yeah, um, yeah. It, it would be awesome if like they could do so I, many cool things with like the concept of a draft if they had anyone that had a clue about how actual drafts work. Yeah, and right. like they they could have been for weeks. They could have been setting this up with like shows on a network. Like like they could have done draft styles. Who you know going into the draft? Who's you know peaking? Who's they could have wrote. It's fake. They could have wrote storylines into everything. They could have had SmackDown trading picks. They could have like been offering people and like. You know, they could have done a lot of stuff. Like To be fair, they did mention the potential of trades, and I'm assuming that's going to be after the draft. So mm-hmm. that's there, and then also with the free agent and everyone thing, that's not drafted is a free agent. Right, right. So there's going to be intrigue on that. Like, as opposed to there's being one heap slated, there's going to be like five of them or some shit like that. Um, you know, like either way, like those free... I think I think they should make they should make use of like at least two of them as a storyline. Like, look, I was lo- overlooked, and now look at me. I am now the insert whatever mid card title, you know, or tag team, or whatever else. Like, just Slater them. Like that worked for Slater. Like they still some of those I got kid shirts. Yeah. Um, um, so, look, Slater getting these checks. When's the last time you seen Slater wrestle, bitch? So. I don't watch Raw and SmackDown, so that's okay. Yeah. When's the last time you remember any ever even hearing about him on a review on TV? I think he may have been like backstage with Brock Lesnar or something, and then Brock like it, it was talking, something. Are you talking about the, I don't give a fuck about your kids or I don't give a shit about your kids? 
That might have been it. That was like 2018. <laughs> that might have been it. This man's still getting checks off this shit, Rich. <laughs> hey, I admire the finesse. Yeah, same look, here. Look, I admire, like, if you if you can find a way for them not to, like, write you in more stupid shit, if you can just make that shit last. Yeah. Where, what pool is R-Truth in? Is he in the other pool? Yeah, he's in the other pool. Okay, yeah. so, so it looked like the, the, the raw pool is, like, where all the questions will be answered. Where will Daniel <laughs> Bryan end up? Because I do not want Daniel Bryan stuck on this three-hour raw. Better yet. Better yet. Now. Corbin, he got clowned by Becky and Rock on the first episode on Smack on uh, on Fox. He had the match with Gable, the fourth match on Fox. Please, I fucking beg of you, do not put this nigga on SmackDown. <laughs> Leave him because, on Raw. Like, like, like you see, you can see it. Roman Reigns and the Monsters on SmackDown, look, and they would consider Corbin one of the Monsters. Lee, look, fine, swap him for McIntyre. Or whatever, like j- whatever you do, leave him on Raw so I don't have to watch that bullshit. Put it over there. Let Heyman deal with it, you know, because they, you know, they say Heyman running this shit. So let Heyman run that shit. Look, right. let let quote unquote Bischoff run, run yeah. down. Nigga say Bischoff showing up just eating catering every week. Yeah. Also like, finessing you know, out here. Knowing the names, yeah. So that yeah. means <laughs> hey, hey, what what. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I mean, I think that's all we got on the on the uh, on the draft. Do you want to talk about? There's some. Oh, I'm looking at the show sheet. You really put Master P in House of Glory on I, I, It wouldn't be One Nation Radio if we didn't talk about the great Percy Miller getting back into the <laughs> oh wrestling business. So he, you know, as he was actually known, Master P. For for those of you not in the know, uh, James, can, can you give a, a quick rundown on uh, Master P? <laughs> As far as what? As far as you know, what he, what he did, what you know, who he is, and okay, his legacy um, in, the, in the game, and Master P is a rapper that rose to prominence out of New Orleans uh, before Cash Money uh, rose to national prominence, um, and he rose. He actually got a major label deal out of the fact that he sold so many of his records uh, himself, you know, out the back of his trunk, that sort of hustle or whatever else. The thing that the thing that people don't really know is like he scammed his way to that level of success. Uh, he had his he went to college, uh, University of Houston, came back, um, and he had a a uh, a record shop himself. And what he would do is because he was making his own music, was that like he would when people would come in and buy someone's record. He would put his own fucking label, his own barcodes on the shit. So then it racks up. And he's like, "Look at me! I've moved. I have sold a hundred thousand units of shit like that." So then people came. So then record labels came a flocking, and he had, he had some legitimate buzz, but like that, he boosted his own numbers. So for then from there, he ends up getting his uh, his uh, independent deal. Uh, and you know they were putting out those fucking records. Like I think it was like he put out thirty. Uh, I think there was a time where they put like fifty something records in two years from they, out of who, out of, who, out of no they? limit. Who, oh, no, no limit, limit records. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making oh, yeah, sure. Sorry. Yeah, his record company is No Limit Records. Uh, <laughs> and he had you know people like Misko. He had his brother Silk the Shocker. He had his other brother see Murder. He had uh, yeah, Snoop. See, he, he, he had Snoop after the fame, but yes, he did have Snoop. Uh, Snoop right after uh, the death, getting out of his death row deal. Um, 
Yeah, so you're putting out a bunch of different, like, people that had no business coming out with records. Hell, Pete, you know, you ever heard some people for, like, Ghetto D? He had no business coming out with records. Some of that shit didn't rhyme. <laughs> so, 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 so anyway, uh, you know, he was one of those dudes that's like, he, he wasn't, a, he was a fine rapper, but the thing with him was, like, people appreciated that hustle he had, um, and people appreciated the fact, like, that dude was really nifty at making hooks. Mm-hmm. And, like, at the time, like, they were, a lot of it was, they were they were from New Orleans, but they also were, like, rapping over, like, West, West Coast beats at the same time, too. Like, yeah, like kinda. Ice Cream Man. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they, so they they were, they were Southern, but it was, it was on, like, a mind trip at times to be like, why is they, why are these Southern things rapping over some shit that sounds like, you know, Dad's Corrupt would have got on or something, right? So, um, so, yeah, like, that's, he so from there he had so much success. He sold so many records. They sold like they sold over hundred million records. And like the thing is like they were just putting out those things like quick, quick. Like they like I said like almost two years to put out like fifty two records, uh, albums and stuff. So like I mean they all like had different collabs. Like um, there were like P was in two different groups. And like so for example like there was a group that was like uh, I can't remember the names of the groups. True, but, like, True was one of the groups. And there was another group where like all they did was swap out like. See murder from mystical and like that's a that's a group of its own, but like yeah, it's, but it's still like uh silk and and, and pee. So it's like it was, it was crazy. And so, man getting his hand in multiple yeah. pots. Yes, and like another thing is like he he ended up getting a Pepsi commercial too. Like so that's <laughs> it's so weird. Like yes, he was getting he he was getting a Pepsi commercial in like two thousand. Yeah, so you know little Romeo, he also made his son a, a pop star. He was like the the lesser ver- or not not lesser version, but like he was like a, a alternative to like Bow at the time. Like they were contemporaries of like the 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 teenage or like preteen like stars or whatever else for in rap that you see on like One Six Park or whatever else. So like, I mean. No Limit sold a shit ton of records, and then, like, you know, people, it just didn't last because you can't put out that much. They diluted, they, look, they put out too much product, and people didn't want to buy that shit no more, and they moved on. And also, like... I'm familiar. Yeah, and also, you look at Cash Money, the opposite of New Orleans, is like, all right, we've had enough New Orleans rap, we'll go with the Manny Fresh production, thank you very much. So, that's that's <laughs> kind of like the tell on that, like, as far as why they didn't have that, the lasting power. Like... He was a good rapper, but like they didn't have a star like a juvenile or like necessarily like a um like a Wayne or like a future prospect. Like you know, it's funny Wayne is like the is like the Darby Allen. Like if Darby Allen ever becomes like some super superstar, like the best you know the best wrestler that's in the world or, or whatever. Like that's kind of like what Wayne did. Like Wayne went from all right, he's like the third guy in this group of young dudes, and then like but he's super young. He's only like you know fourteen, and then. He ascends to you know national you know superstars level. So anyway, that's an, that's enough New Orleans rap talk. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, Master P has <laughs> broken into the wrestling business. Of course, he had his run in WCW in the late nineties during this time where he claimed he could sell out the Superdome. James, <laughs> he no. could sell out the Superdome. Uh, spoiler alert: He did not. Um. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, the, the cash, the no limit soldiers versus the West Texas rednecks, you know, I hate rap and swole 400,000. You guys know all the stories, but yeah. P has apparently bought back into wrestling and he has purchased house of glory wrestling, which is a Northeast indie promotion. Like, you know, has ties like a pipeline in a W, um, 
And, it, you know, he, he made some – somebody caught him coming out of somewhere in New it, York. It also has the pipeline to some of the bigger po- wrestling podcasts in the world, like Solo Monster and uh, JD. JD. Yeah, so yeah. that's so, also interesting. Yeah, that, that is that is funny. Um, so JD put out a tweet, very excited about the uh, Master P acquisition. So Wait, JD said this? Oh, yeah, he's, okay. he's all in. So I'm going to ask you a question, and my question is this. Over or under five – Four and a half masterpiece songs that JD's ever heard in his life. Under zero. <laughs> I'm sure he's heard one. Okay, he's probably had to have heard one. I would say there's no way he hasn't heard uh, make him say uh. There's no way he hasn't you have heard to it. have heard make him say uh. If right. you're in, if you're a human with a pulse, you've had to have heard that. Right. So that's so that's one. Okay. But like I'm just saying, there's like one. maybe okay. I could have been for down. Maybe say like he hangs around somebody out there. Maybe he heard about it. About maybe <laughs> maybe. <laughs> You think but, you heard he did that? You think you heard hell that? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to speech. It ain't my fault. Now, you did not hear that either. So. Oh, ain't no way you heard that. Uh, and he got P on it. Well, actually, yeah. no. P's on the P's on the hook or whatever. Or he's doing uh, the talking. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, you think you heard somebody's watching me? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so it's it's cool to see Masterpiece said, Vince McMahon, watch out, you know, whatever. So what? He I mean, said what? Some shit about Vince McMahon need to watch out. You know, I'm getting in ra- back in wrestling. I'm with House of Glory. Uh, so who knows how this is going to continue because uh, House of Glory was owned. Uh, I think Amazing Red was his trainer, so he's going to need to get, like, a trainer going. Uh, for him to, to make some noise in this, and I actually had seen, you know, some other folks talking about it, and what – he's going to need to do he's going to need to invest heavily in the aesthetics he's going to invest in training for you know whoever his trainer is going to be to to get this shit popping and then figure out like they they have a nice building we were there over wrestlemania weekend whether they have a space too yeah uh, whether you're going to upgrade like the, the look of it and we already know like you know the plugs like they've already been on they have a road to get on fight tv of course they have like you know there's a pipeline for AEW, so that might be you know I think Tony Khan and P need to link up at some point. Just you know, I just want to see it for for, for the culture. Like that's know. where that like that's where Sadie Gibbs should be wrestling at. Yeah, like like you can send some some in people war, out in wardrobe. Yeah, you, you, you can send some folks there and have P take care of them because you know at least Master P gonna make you look like a star. Like he gonna he gonna try to he gonna try to figure it out for you. There's gonna be money there, so. Like um, depends on. I wonder how how big he plans to take it. Does he want to keep it like a regional, like northeast kind of thing? Does he have aspirations of making it bigger? But uh, the the one thing about Master P is I always notice that he's always you always hear about him starting a lot of um, right you know, ventures. So right. that's the dirty little secret. Yes, and then you know they might not be around. Do you, you want know? to talk about no limit? Uh, no limit agency. Oh my god. Do do we want to talk about Ricky Williams? <laughs> Do, sure do we thing. want to talk about that? Sure thing. P was doing so much hustling in the rest in the music game that like he decided, I hey, I'm going to get in a sports agency or agenting, and he way ended before Jay Z. Yeah, way there, there's a, look. There's a joke that's like, like uh, Master P is everything you think Jay Z is. <laughs> what? He, he he done done it all. Okay, so <laughs> wait. wait. <laughs> 
this is in like now, now I say this being this is in light of Jay Z's recently recent dealings with the NFL and everything like that, and B P being so self sustained, so black owned, and so like you know independent. Like this is you know what everyone says Jay Z is. A lot of people think that's what actually Master P is. That's you further. Know, you know, I've heard people say that about him and Diddy. I've never heard anyone say that about him and P. Never bitch. Okay, so all right, so um, oh shit. <laughs> okay, Ricky Williams. Okay. okay, so back in '98, Ricky Williams was a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, he was expect, or a lot of people thought he was gonna be the first pick in the overall pick in the draft. He ended up going th- uh, top five. Um, so he's a he's a bug. Oh my god, I forgot what ridiculous thing it was that he did, but basically, Ricky, if you know anything about Ricky Williams, you know, like, not everything is, he is an eccentric dude, that's the way someone put it, I'm not getting to the old Ricky Williams thing, but just know, he's one of the most talented runners of the football in NFL history, and he's also a, a, a bit of a, a bit of a, off-brand type person, or come he comes from hey, field on you a lot. So does, does Ricky Williams believe there are no straight lines? Oh, he definitely believes that there are no straight lines. <laughs> he is he is definitely look if, if there look when for all we know when him and Lenny, Lenny Kravitz was out there uh, in that tent together, they were about here they were out here trying to find the plutonic solids. That's <laughs> so. All right, so um, anyway. Y'all Google Lenny Kravitz and Ricky Williams. Uh, y'all, whatever. Uh, so, anyway, um, Ricky gets his huge deal. And I think he gets, I think he, it was some, so I can't remember. It was so, it was something really stupid he did with Ricky Williams' money. It was let you know that, like, this dude had no business managing, uh, doing the talent thing at that stage right then or whatever. Or he was someone that was, like, clearly, like, new to the game and didn't know what was going on. But, he ended up messing up, messing with Ricky's money. Ricky ended up um, immediately out of New Orleans. Um, ends up in Miami. He was a rushing title in 2000, and then he retires like two years later after winning rushing title. Whatever. Uh, so, but like that's pretty much the that all like Rick like Master P is almost like he's also like one of those people that's also a candidate for world's most interesting person. He's also playing the fucking NBA. There's all of that too. Like, he's a he, he rap so dope and played in the NBA. And aged a nigga. And was in wrestling. Right. Like, it's like, what? A very unique life. Yes, like, like <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Like, the man was a hornet. Anyway, so, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I hope him the best. Like, I hope that he can make uh, Hog into something that I, like, hear good things about. Like, we need some places, like, you know, we talk about Booker T's, like, uh, reality of wrestling. We talk about Hog. Like, we need some places where, like, we can send talent and the audience is okay with them and not scared of them. So, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because if you watch that, that Hog show, I know you didn't see it, but the last one, Fox uh, <coughs> Against Private Party was the main event. And it was, it was bro, it was all up and down that card. It was, yeah. it was, it was Spanish cats. It was like, you know, it, it was a lot... It, it was that diversity that everybody's looking for. So, um, yeah, the diver- no, look, not, that's not actual diversity, but yeah. it is the quote unquote diversity that they're looking for. Correct. Like, that's why like they're that. They're looking yeah. for. They're looking for. They're looking for brown and black faces. Yep. And they so, don't want to call it brown and black faces. They want to call it diversity. Yep. Um, speaking of the the farthest thing from diversity, NWA power. Oh, uh, okay. So. 
I heard a bunch of good things about it. I heard people love the promos. I um, love it. So go ahead. Tell me. Give, give me the rundown. All right. So the, the show opens, and it's like the old school graphics. You see the studio uh, wrestling audience, and then you cut essentially to the music video. So quick question. Is it is it more like the Georgia Championship, or is it more like the Mid-Atlantic? It's more like Mid-Atlantic, I would say. Okay. Um. So... You you get the the into the fire from Dokin, so it sounds like straight out of like 1985, 86, ah, like ah. music. You see like uh, all their stars in the video package, like uh, James Storm, Eli Drake, uh, Nick Aldis, Tim Storm. Like everybody just kind of like hitting their moves, and you know, essentially you come back to the building is rocking. First dude to come out is Nick Aldis, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm a bad motherfucker. I'm the world champion. I got this this six foot blonde white woman with me. I'm the man, like out here, <laughs> essentially." And he, and he cuts it like a, just a, a, a phenomenal promo, uh, just pretty much laying it out. All the characters that that are coming out. There's a short match, I believe, that stars. It's like Eli Drake and Caleb Conley gives. It's, it's worked in the squash match format, but I want to say it only goes like four or five minutes. And he gives Conley a lot. Cornette's on commentary, of course. Uh, after the match, Eli Drake is his turn to talk. He cuts a great promo. And then at this point, I'm like, Eli Drake is perfect for Southern wrestling. This is yeah. nice. This great is the physique and talk. Correct. And like, it, it was like, wow, he made the best choice he could. Like, literally, if, if he had the, the foresight, like, you know, I remember when he signed, right? It was like mm-hmm. they were on that Ring Honor pre-show. And it was like, you signed with the NWA, and then now it just makes perfect sense. If he yeah, they now, hold him yeah. on this vision, is like, this is the perfect place for, for, for these guys to go. And it was just overall, it just felt like, it felt like a throwback. It felt like 30 years ago, but mm-hmm. today still. So and Cornet was wrestling. awesome on commentary. So, quick question: the wrestling style is it like the eighties or is it updated? So it's very basic, I would say, but engaging still at the same time. And then, okay, so it's uh, like the eighties then. Yeah. So right. at the end, uh, of course, like you know, you get the short matches, and then you get a main event with a little mm-hmm. bit of time on it. It's Tim Storm, right? yes, hour long show. Okay, can't re- recommend it enough. Tim Storm is a better baby face. Than anyone in WWE right now. How old is Tim Storm? Tim Storm is fifty years old, right? <laughs> and he's like, it's like he's this, this guy that winning the NWA World Title. This he's the guy that all the resurgence of the NWA kind of started from. But he's no longer the champion. He lost it. Nick Aldis took it on. Cody won it. You know, different stuff like right. that. But he's like, this is my last shot at the belt, essentially. And they start talking about, um, you know, him going through. Um, you know, everything. He's a school teacher and he's uh he he's trying to win it for his mother who's still alive. Uh Mama Storm, as he said, and crowd immediately start chanting Mama Storm, and uh you just get an awesome like match, like you get everyone can talk, and then <laughs> it's like it's the part of wrestling that's like missing essentially. Yeah. Um and Nick Aldis, he I all right, he's one of my favorite guys. Um, he's not the flashiest wrestler in the world, yeah, but he's just good. He, he's just he's flatly really good. good. My, I, I believe I said, um, after I watched him and Marty Skrull, um, for the MWA 70th anniversary, I want to say they had like a four and a quarter match in the main okay. event. I was like, Nick Aldis should be on top as a world champion somewhere. And I'm glad he found his somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and now we're going to get to see this vision of wrestling 
that is needed. And then it, it can't be on at a better time. It's on on Tuesdays right before AEW Dark. So everyone's going to go check out NWA and then be ready for AEW Dark. It's essentially a lead in like right on YouTube. And I don't know if they'll ever get a TV deal doing this. And my, I had concerns where um, once you get past that nostalgia, because that's going to grab you. The second you watch this thing, it's going to be like, this presentation is incredible. Like, I was like, well, what are they going to do to keep people, right? But I've been led to believe that there are stuff down the pipeline that it just keeps getting better and better and better, and all the reports coming out of it. And strong reviews. I can't find anyone talking down uh, about this show. And Eddie Kingston was on there as well. Um, James Storm was what, like a superstar. Quick, quick question: What did Eddie Kingston have to say? Because I've never seen. I think I Eddie Kingston has a reputation that precedes him. So what did he have to say? So that part I didn't actually see, but okay, he, he um like I my phone had like crashed and I had to reboot it, but <laughs> I didn't go back and watch. But um I heard good things. So <laughs> um. Yeah, but I, I can't recommend the show enough. Like, if you throw it in the rotation, it's an hour long. If you guys haven't, you know, heard about it, if you haven't been on Twitter, it's kind of hard. Like, they've um, been sending out, if you follow the NWA account on Twitter, they are cropping out the little promos. Uh, and you can see it there for yourself. But I would encourage anyone to check the show out, especially, like, you know, if you're someone that is, like, you you, you see the way wrestling's done today and – um you're like kind of disenfranchised from it. If you are like, you know, if you're over 40 or something like that, like you're going to feel very at home uh, watching this. And someone like me who didn't grow up watching territory style wrestling, but always heard about it. This is really cool to see this type of a platform, like, you know, with that genre, because like Vince man told us it was dead forever and it will never work. And this is just like another, like, fuck you, like to that, thinking like this, uh, this is the way wrestling is nwa is showing that there is another it's like a rubik's cube there's another side of like wrestling presentation and it, it's not you know filled with big moves and and everything like that but it's like very stripped down very easily digestible and i look forward to seeing who you know where this goes like can they make any new stars can, can they what's the recruiting like like what's you know the whole like, what's the strategy behind this? Because right now it's just a YouTube show, so I don't really know. Okay, so I haven't checked it out. I've heard nothing. Like you said, I heard nothing but good things about it. But the thing is, like, there's so much fucking wrestling around. And granted, like, I'm not... I could probably throw it in on Mondays, but hopefully I don't get spoiled on it because it comes out on Tuesday and that's six whole days. But, like, between, you know, whatever good things I hear about with with uh dark i'm gonna check that out um my wednesdays is AEW. my thursdays is nxt um fridays typically for me has been stardom whenever they have a show whatever else in or like a uh, a sunday show a big sunday show like cork and all i normally wait until all the sh- matches are up and then watch but like i'm gonna have to you know, get it where i live when it comes to that now because smackdown like every so often i'm gonna watch that but it's like you know and then you know pay per views on Saturdays and Sundays, so it's a lot of wrestling. Yeah, and you know, um, like you, you mentioned, like if sports entertainment is for you, and all these kids doing the flippy flippy shit ain't for you, this is a spot. This is a potential spot for you. Like I remember looking at um Twitter and seeing playing basically like I'm doing wrestling. Yeah, and like 
I hope I I mean I haven't talked to him, but like I hope he eventually like you know takes a look at 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 power and and hopefully that might give him something to you know to to, to at least latch on to to keep you know keep it going because you know you only stop watching wrestling as a wrestling fan because like you just you feel like there's nothing for you and you know like you said like that's like promos is clearly like a it's like <laughs> it's it's like the uh, oh my god. Billy Bean is like is like a it's money ball. It's money ball, right? Like it's the in the fish scene in the marketplace. Like everybody does all the re- all the great wrestling around the world, like Japan and whatever else. And you have the American Indies, where it's all the flippy stuff. And then you have WWE, which is whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> whatever so, they decide that week. Yeah, whatever they decided from from one mo- one moment to the next, it's whatever they wanted to be to excuse the foolishness. And so it was like, all right, so who's doing the killer promos? not really people out there like that so if that's if that's your thing is like i want you know um wrestling that follows my sensibilities in the ring as far as the psychology of that and you know killer promos that sounds like a, that sounds like a good spot for people yeah yeah so i will i will, I will be tuned in uh next week <laughs> so uh and, and just the in- opening intro video is like goosebump inducing so uh, we'll see if NWA uh, can, can keep their heads above water long enough. But the the view the viewership is looking awesome on YouTube, and you know that's all they can ask for. So uh, they've got a lot of goodwill going off that first week. And Cornette's fucking awesome the whole time. That don't shocker, right? <laughs> like one of the greatest announcers of all time is still great at announcing. Like think about the think about what people were talking about Cornette like. During the NWA the 70th anniversary show, um, mm-hmm. was it, a few months ago. That's when uh, that's when Aldis won the belt back, right? Yeah, yeah. Like people were talking, were raving about him then. So it's like that don't surprise me at all that he still, you know, he still has the fastball or whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, um, now that we're done, uh, I guess we time to talk about stardom. So Rich, hit the music. So, we just got done recording this uh, segment, and we're going to have to do it again because I botched and it did not record. So, I'm going to apologize on air to Rich Lotta. I pr- my deepest apologies. I'm so we, sorry. We, we lost, like, the greatest segment we ever did. <laughs> I, I just can't believe that it's just lost forever now, you know, to the annals of time. Uh, you know, we'll never get it back. Yeah, well, you see me. I'm looking at this damn thing like a hawk. It's recording now. It better not play with me. Throw this damn thing in the river. Anyway, so <laughs> okay, so tomorrow we have uh, Stardom has their October Kirk and Hall show, and um, on that show will be a couple of matches from the uh, Stardom's Tag League. They call it the Goddess of Stardom Tag League. Uh, so we're gonna talk about that first, and then we'll talk get into tomorrow's Kirk and Hall show. Um, so this is just a tag league like you've ever seen. It's round robin. Two blocks. Uh, they call it their blocks: the blue goddess and the red goddess. 
I'm not calling it. I'm calling it red block, blue block. So just for the sake of confusion, just know that red corresponding with the goddess one. If you ever look at the the standings or whatever else. So uh, let's 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 go through the red block. The red block is a more talented uh, or loaded block with talent. Uh, start out, you have the Stardom champions, the Stardom tag champions of Jungle Hyona and Konami. Uh, second team is Mayu Iwatana, Mayu, Mayu Iwatana, Mayu Iwatani and Saki Kashima. Uh, the third team is so damn cute. They may as well be a, like a anime cartoon, Riho and Starlight Kid. Th- third team is Momo Watanabe and Azumi. I'm sorry, that's the fourth team. I'm sorry, I can't count. Uh, the fifth team is Suzuki and Nascotora. And then the sixth team is B. Priestley and Jamie Hayter, the top Gaijin team. So, Rich, thoughts on the block? Red, starting out? Oh, lots of interesting teams. Of course, you got B and Jamie, who are both uh, wearing all black, both foreign, both, <laughs> um, you know, tall, I guess, <laughs> for, for life. <laughs> For lack of uh, you know another way to describe them, uh, both dark-haired women. Uh, yes. Um, I, I definitely like the uh, the Momo and the Zumi team from uh, Queen's Quest, uh, looking like they're you know primed to make a run here. And of course, you know uh, of the Rich Lattice Pro Wrestling Tree, uh, the team of Rio and Starlight Kid. <laughs> You know, fast-paced <laughs> offense and uh, you know no fucking around with it, getting to it. You know. Yeah, like I can tell you right now, like Momo and Azumi versus Starlight and Rio is gonna be a fucking barn burner. <laughs> There's no way it's not gonna be great. Like, so, uh, yeah. So for me, just immediate thoughts is like this is the most talented uh, block. It's like the blue block has to have a couple things go go right for it, not to get embarrassed in like night to night match quality, but like I mean they go six and deep. They go six deep. Like they have. In my opinion, between Jungle and Konami, uh, Riho and Starlight, Momo and Azumi, and B and Jamie, like those are four quality teams where both people can can step up, step up. And then the two other teams have, you know, arguably the two best wrestlers in the entire company between Momo and and Mayu shepherding the other team. And like the other two, the, their tag partners are not slouches; they're just not the best wrestlers in Stardom. So, like this. This this card is gonna or this block is just gonna be filled in uh, with his quality matches left and right and this makes me think of their Grand Prix Red Block also where you know going into the last Corican show that last show they had five people all eligible to um, still alive to win the block and I could see something similar happening here where everybody's battling to get the six points maybe even seven points but uh, it, it's just gonna be a just an asking contest and you know. Unfortunately, Jungle and Konami are the tag champs, so chance. I feel are, like that knocks them out. That that almost feels like you disqualify, like immediately, like not a chance, right? Like they're they're, they're sitting there like Okada, right? Yep. <laughs> um. So last few years, so for me, um, if it was me to see the best match in the final, and also um, elevate somebody. Um, looking at some, and also looking at some of the uh, like the last night, like the last night is Momo and Azumi versus Jungle and Konami. Like that's clearly a block final. So um, I see. I, I for, for me, I'm gonna pick a Momo and Azumi uh, to win that block. Yeah, same, uh, same, same here. Same here. 
And I, I feel like there's another team in the blue block that's going to be waiting for them. Yeah. So, in the blue block, the team's first team is Ariso Shiki and Tam Nakano. Second team is Getsu and Andres Miyagi. The third team is Natsu Samire and Seshamoth Martina. Recently signed in Ring of Honor. Two checks. Yep, two checks. And, you know, when she signed, I didn't, you know, I, I had some concerns. wondering if she was going to ever come back because she was actually drafted in a stardom draft in April. And then, she's, you know, she did the UK, NXT UK tryout. Um, now she signed Ring of Honor, but apparently she still came through. Why? Because she wants these two checks. Um, put a check with a check with a check. Uh, right. So, <laughs> MJG lives on 2.1 Asia Radio. So, um, uh, fourth team, Hannah Kimura and Def Yamasan. Def Yamasan, uh, she is a great wrestler when she wants to be a great wrestler. Uh, but she also has the, the Gene Simmons kiss fa- face paint so she'd be a comedy act because she does a lot of comedy. Um, she really is a comedy wrestler, but she's also a great wrestler, right? So, um, depending on what we get, like, if if going into tomorrow's Kurokin show, Hannah could be the Red Belt champion. Yeah. They might want to, they might want to, go ahead. Bitch, definitely Amazon's going to be protecting Hannah Kimura like the Secret Service. All <laughs> oh, yeah, the she pins. All the pins. She's all the pins. But, like, if, you know, if they want to have a serious tag team and Hannah wins on Monday or tomorrow... And they want to, you know, red, fresh red belt champion. Like we could get like serious high speed Yamasan, and like that's a great team if, if that's the case. Uh, Bobby Tyler and Zoe Lucas. Yeah, um, this is clearly the inferior Gaijin team. Um, I can see them eating a lot of pins in this tournament. Like they could be like the tag team equivalent of Avery, or maybe. They lose a lot often, but like at the end, they pick up some wins and it's kind of safe face. Play spoiler, but that, I see them eating a lot of pins. Then the last team is a team I'm going to affectionately call, refer to as Saya and Saya on Saya. So that's Saya <laughs> Ida and Saya Kamatani. Uh, these are two rookies. Saya debuted earlier in the year, like in the winter, and then uh, Saya just uh, Kamatani just recently in August uh, debuted. Uh, on the undercard of some of these grand pre-shows, she's having singles matches. It's trying to showcase what she can do as a young, more, more or less like a young lion doing young lion moveset. She had a match with uh, Mayu that, that I checked out. It was like three and a half. Like, so she has, um, at, at that height at five, six, she's basically like a footer, like a six foot Charlotte in, uh, in stardom. So uh, she brings a lot to the table. So I'm, I'm interested to see what she can do with what is basically like the top the top pin eater in all of stardom. Like the, she is, if there was the a heavyweight pin, champion of pin eaters, yes, she is. She would be the, the pin eater, the top pin eater. She'd be the king of the mountain. The mountain is a molehill, but she'd be the, <laughs> but still a mountain. That's her. That's her molehill. Yes. So, um, it's got Arissa and Tam written all over for me. Um, yeah, you know, okay. Arissa got her own belt and obviously her and Tam got some, you know, that goes deeper than rap. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think they could be, you know, facing off against um, who was it? Uh, Momo and Azumi. And seeing as how Momo's kind of outside the uh, two title pictures, you can go ahead and use this loss to further uh, infuriate Tam with Arissa's presence. And uh, eventually they can go down a row with that. And then, you know, you can get that rematch of the title match of the block final of a block a or the red block 
and keep this shit nice and simple. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, if we go down that path, like, I mean, that sets forth a white belt um, match, another one which is would be a replay of what is probably their best, the best match in all of stardom this year. Um, you elevate Azumi. Um, she's been a trios champion before, but she's never been a a tag champion um, or goddess champion. I don't I don't believe. Um, and then also like, you know, Konami beat Arissa. Um, so like, you also have that at play where like, if she is freed up from the tag title, she might get a white belt match down the line, or maybe you get. Konami versus Tam. I'd love to see Konami versus Tam. Uh, but you know, or Konami versus either either person is eventually they're gonna be a white belt champion. Like she she's she's overqualified to challenge for that belt. Like she's somebody that I've been saying, like in the tournament going into her, I was like, hopefully like this all the losses that Arissa takes like sets up potential challengers in the uh from the tournament going forward in the future, like kind of you know, restock the challengers that she took out like Tam, Jungle, and Hazuki, because those were high-level um, wins. But yeah, uh, you mentioned it. Tam and Arisa seem like a, almost like a lot to to win the blue block, but I mean, we'll see if they you know, they give some respect to Hannah and, and um, Yamasan, Kagetsu and Konami. I'm sorry, Kagetsu and, uh, and Miyagi. Miyagi. They, make, they, they make a great tag team champion, uh, champions, but the thing is, I'm kind of concerned about the fact that they're already trios champions with Natsu Samire, so I don't know. But like Team Sendai is going to be a fun watch uh, in this tournament because like they've had tag, they've had they've tagged together on the on the shows before in the past, and I mean two quality wrestlers tagging together, they have good matches. What do you know? Um, but yeah, like we you know we mentioned the red block is the more loaded top to bottom, you know. I'm, I'm with you. I'm just. I'm with you on that scenario. That's the scenario I want. Yeah, that's the scenario that's, I want. That's on paper what I'm looking at, but you know, I I think you gotta you gotta throw some respect on B and Jamie. Just how protective B's been, right? Uh, and Jamie's been upsetting folks all summer. So we'll see what what happens with that. I think the um uh, the red belt match on the Kurokin show will probably tell us a little bit more about you know their future. Right. Uh, as B may be being phased out of the promotion shortly, but we'll see. <laughs> well, I don't think she's being phased out. Phased, of the promotion, well, you know, she's coming off the mountain. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. So um, tomorrow is a Kurokin show, uh, white belt match and a red belt match. We'll start with the red belt match first. The Grand Prix winner Hannah Kamara versus Red Belt Champion B Priestley. Feels it feels like it's time. Feels like it's time. Yeah, and uh, you know, Hanukkah Moore been making uh, money all summer uh, since she signed, moving a bunch of merch and making the gates go up. And she's been this this draw from what I'm gathering. And yeah. I think I don't think you cut her off here. I think Rossi sees the money, and where the money goes, Rossi follows behind. Yeah, and so, also. They also had the benefit of last year when Mayu won the uh, 
won the Grand Prix. She lost. So you can't be like, well, we don't want to just overdo it and it's automatic win. Like, nah, you you paid those you paid those dudes last year by like killing that redemption arc. So like now put it on your top draw right now if you want want to. You have the you have the greenest of lights to do so. Yeah. Now, um, I hope they have a, I hope they have a really good match. Uh, that's I think that's the 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 hope. But um, either way, even if this match isn't as as what we're all hoping for, we pretty much have a lock in the white belt match matchup between Kagetsu and Ariso Shiki. Uh, they on the last night in Kurikan, um in the previous Kurikan show, they they had a great match. Um, the second best match on that card, and it went to a time limit. So I can't wait to see what happens. Like, do they have to go? Uh, are they going to go like a, a Bushi and uh, Jay White, where they have to go like a couple minutes past the thirty-minute time limit to make you feel like you earn going past the time limit? That you think that's what they're going to do? So you think they're going to go like and have like a seventeen-minute yeah. match? Yeah, I, th- I think they'll they'll probably have like a twenty. So <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this match. I loved their last match. I, the draw caught me out of nowhere. Uh, I, you know, didn't pay attention to the 15 minute call, and then I was like, "What happened?" But <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing a winner determined on this one. And Marissa, uh, when it comes to the big matches, she's usually ready. And Kagesu's awesome, aggressive, uh, and just tough as hell. Like in the ring, you know, and she's explosive in her own way. Yeah, she's super sudden. That's what I um that's one of the things like she's so good and I wonder like how much more respect she would have like around the rest of the world if, like she wasn't like you know the the miss spinning and the Odeo Tai shenanigans like if she was just a straight wrestler, like a straight up wrestler, like how that would like how how much more respect she would have as opposed to Oh yeah, like she's she looks super talented, but then, like her matches don't like, you know, don't have like don't leave you like on that high that like a clean finish would give you. So, mm-hmm. um, I think we're gonna get it. I think I think we're gonna love it. So I I think I almost have that like you know, got the four things would be one of the best matches of the year. I almost have that like the four and a four and a half already just ready for it to go. Just, <laughs> just, just already just already have it ready and ready to go. So. Um, oh yeah, the third singles match, an important match on there is uh, a showcase match between Tam Nakano and Saya Kamatani. Um, I think I talked on well, the last time we talked about this. Rich was um, before we, I lost the footage, uh, the footage, the tape, the recording, all the old school stuff that doesn't exist anymore. When I lost, <laughs> uh, when I lost a digital uh, sample of this or sa- digital recording of this, I'm, I'm just f- trying to find the words, but found it. Digital recording of this, I mentioned to you that like Saya was one of in the idol um part of the promotion of stardom where you know they have dancers and singers that perform before the matches or before the uh the car starts like on the like a, a dark performance or whatever else and um and the thing about that is they bring people in but in order for you to do that you also have to train for wrestling and that's how rossi gets you <laughs> that's, yep. how he, that's how he recruits that's how he gets some of his talent so um, Tam, uh, is, is a secretary in the office, uh, as, as opposed to just being the wrestler. And she was at one point in charge of, um, organizing the stuff for the, for the, uh, idols. 
So she kind of stepped down from that recently. So like this is like a mentor mentee type match. Like, so I'm interested to see what happens. Like obviously she didn't train her. That's more Kagetsu's thing with the training. But like obviously she had a hand in her, you know, where she is now. So between that match she had with Mayu and also being in there with Tam now, like I expect them to have, I expect them to have a really good match. So I'm excited to see what it can bring in um, for her because she's five six, five six. We talked about earlier, like. There's there's a dollar sign on her forehead, and if she if, if if she is and from what she's already shown, like that could be the future. Like you know, we always talk about um, Starlight and Azumi, but like that could be like that could be Utami and Momo and Azuki and um, Bio. And no no no, or sorry, like Momo, Utami, Hazuki, and uh, Hannah. That could be like like, the future meaning, like, next year, and then, like, the super long plays, it's like, no, it's like, it's like, it's like Azumi and Starlight, like, so, the the future looks bright for this company, with all that young talent, but we'll see, because, obviously, you know, injuries, they wrestle, they wrestle rough style, a fast style, and also, you know, uh, some of them eventually are going to be like, uh, you know what, I feel like going to college, <laughs> so, yeah. so, it might, so, we'll or see. to get signed away. Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. We got about, forgot about that part. Yeah, that could happen. That could happen. So, um, you mentioned. Uh, oh yeah, and also you have the block matches. I can't remember which block matches are uh, on this show to start. Uh, so we've got a the the blue match of uh, Bobby Tyler and Zoe Lucas against Natsu Tamara and Martina, and then there's Mayu Watani and Saki Kashima against Momo and Azumi. And that's one of those matches where we talk about like. Yeah, like clearly Saki is a pin eater there, and Saki, but Saki is a is a good wrestler, but like she is just like the fourth in command of stars. So, like with, I mean, they were all in that same red block. Like you saw those, you saw Momo versus versus Mayu, you saw Mayu versus Azumi. You know what's gonna happen in this match. So, it, it's gonna be. I'm great. ready. Yeah. So I mean, and also there's a gauntlet uh, with a bunch of uh, like pin eaters and young girls. So um, also I think uh, Konami's also in that match, right? Yes. Yeah. So I mean, this is going to be one of the better show. This might be this has the potential to be the best Stardom show of the year. Um, I would probably say for me, the best one was probably. Hmm. Might have been this last or the the final of the uh, of the Grand Prix. It might have been, um, hmm. I can't remember. Like, there's one from like the summer besides just, uh, but this is gonna be a great card. Like, you know, you're guaranteed to have a banger in uh, the white belt match, and everything else is gonna be, you know. High quality is going to damn sure be better than Hell in Cell. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, I say, you know, if you have Stardom or whatever else, I'd say check it out. I think because um, the show's on a Monday, I'd assume all the matches would be up by Friday, Saturday, definitely Saturday. So, um, if you want to put in your money to, to check out the show, go ahead. Um, and you know, next week I'll give you an update and a review on on the show, or whatever. So, for sure. So yeah, uh, that's the end of the show. Uh, be so, sure to rate us on whatever. Go ahead. So it looks like Brock Lesnar's WWE 2K20 came, rating came in. It looks like it's a 93 overall. What? 
yeah so whenever we get all the ratings we'll be back with our annual ratings show uh for the 2k20 ratings but they are just as puzzling as normal uh if you've heard any of our rate 2k rating shows and how they don't tend to work like other 2k games <laughs> Super weird. 93 huh yeah so whatever um so yeah. that's in this show be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this uh tell the folks about the social suplex podcast network be sure to check out our friends at powerslam.tv to sponsor the show if you're a fan of innovative pro wrestling they have over 5,000 hours of footage from all over the world uh you can use the code social suplex to get your free month's trial don't forget to visit prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up some social suplex podcast network merchandise be sure to check out uh, the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have this show, One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays or Mondays, we have Keep It a Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. On every other Wednesday, we have Roman Washes Shit. On Thursdays, we have Get in the Ring. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening. Peace. Later.